Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. It is our first show of the year 2017. We were off the last couple of weeks for vacation. Back live in the studio this morning. We got WWE tickets for you. We'll pass those out around 8.30. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. We'll talk to him at 8 o'clock. Get a little State of the Union about the Browns, Cavs, Indians, all other sports there. Probably a little UFC update in there as well. And then 9 o'clock, New Turd Tuesday. Brand new Zane featuring Taylor Swift. George Strait will be on uh, today's episode of New Turd Tuesday. And Otep covering Lord. We'll get into that. Also, I believe we have a local submission. Local uh, rapper for New Turd Tuesday. I, uh, I, I say I believe we do because, well, keeping in true Stansbury Show form, I cannot access neither one of my computers that I use to do this radio show every day in the studio. Now, of course I can't. It's our first show back. Uh, it's our first show of the year. I'm joined this morning and every weekday morning by Matthew Fantone. And you know, you had to have known that this was going to happen. I knew that this was going to happen. So much so that yesterday in the afternoon, I almost came up here to go through all of this now so I didn't have to do it at 6 o'clock in the morning. But then I thought about it. You're going to waste your last day of vacation. Your last day of paid vacation you're going to spend at the office doing somebody else's job. I was like, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to see what happens. And I know what everybody's thinking. You're expecting anger and vitriol and spit and all this stuff to come out of me and me to be throwing people who work here underneath the bus and all this stuff. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. No, no, no. This radio station, it has tried to do Rock 106.9 has tried to break the Stansberry spirit since the day they took us to dinner and offered us this job. That's all my boss has done is tried to break my will since I've worked here. It took them three years. But guess what, Keith? You've done it. You've done it. I just don't care. I'm hands up. I don't care. But I don't know. So we're flying blind is essentially the thing. I got an outline. Thank God I do this. What I always say, I put pen to paper is how I write the outline. Is this how they fire you? No, no. Yeah, I've been. Well, I've never been fired by this company, but I saw another morning show that wasn't as good as us get fired and they just shut off their email. Like they got in the building that day and they couldn't get it. Oh, that's what I'm saying, dude. Uh. (laughs) Like that's exactly what I'm saying. Well, dude, fire us over the phone and let me stay home. At least take that lesson from Tom Herschel. He didn't make me get up at five o'clock in the morning to get fired. He called me the night before. But that would be the ultimate dick move by our boss is like, you know what? We're going to fire him. And that's what he would do. Get up, get out of bed. And find out when you go in. That's exactly what he would do. Yeah. So I uh, look here, here. Here's what it says: Startup repair. You know what? I'll, why am I going to read this? <laughs> what I should just do is maybe do one of these Facebook Live videos. He's always yeah. begging me to do. Yeah. Hey, here's a look at the studio that's not equipped to do this job. Do you, do you want that Facebook Live video? I bet they don't. I bet my boss doesn't want that. So I'm. I, look, here's the thing. I normally, Phantom will tell you. When I get angry, it's normally out of fear. It's normally out of like, oh my God, dude, I got to captain this ship into the port. Like, how am I going to do this without any of the tools given to everybody else who does this? How am I going to do that? And that's normally where the anger comes from. And like I said, dude, Rock 1069 has broken my goddamn (laughs) will. Like, I just don't have it. I just don't have the will to continue to be. It's like, okay, well, whatever. It's like, dude, they wanted to beat it out of you. It took three years, but you've done it. You've done it. Iceberg straight ahead. Stansberry show just going dude, at it. Dude. I'm telling you right now, my foot is on the floor. I'm do full steam ahead. There's just thousands of little Leos down there pushing coal into the fire. We're going right towards that goddamn iceberg. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna crack this ship in half. We're all going down. But I. Uh, so look, here's what it says: Startup repair is checking my systems for problems. Okay. If they're found. 
Startup repair will fix them automatically, nice. thanks to dear Lord. Nice. Your computer might restart several times during this process. Oh, that would be lovely. No changes will be made to you, my personal files, or my information. But this could take several minutes. Okay. And then below, attempting the repairs. Okay. Repairing those disc errors. But this might take over an hour to complete. Jeez. So we're going to fly blind for the first hour of the program. How yeah. are you? Walk me through. Dude, give me the, uh, dude, I haven't seen you in like two weeks. So, uh, dude, how was uh, Christmas? How was New Year's? How was the vacation? G- you know, give me the rundown. Well, of course. I'm oh, gr- oh, 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 and I forgot because nothing works. <laughs> Yesterday was your birthday, was it not? Happy, happy birthday, Matthew thank Phantom. You, thank you, thank you. And of course I'm doing good, dude. It's 2017, so I've obviously quit smoking. I'm on a diet. I'm all healthy. Like, my finances are together. <laughs> oh, I'm well hydrated. Right, dude, got I've it, got, got I've every single New Year's resolution. Was hydration a problem? Oh, New Year's resolutions <laughs> have become a reality in, in, in the Fantone world. But no, dude, honestly, I feel pretty good. That was a, a well-needed break right there. I felt like you and I both were at a point of, and I remember last, it was two weeks ago, last month and 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 when we were sending emails about elves that were stolen off the shelf i knew that it was like dude we have to go take a break like if, if this is what our lives have come to if this is what we're doing so i felt like we, we got what we needed out of that but i will say dude i i was so ready to come back to work this last weekend and that last monday off it was, man oh my god we were off about four days and i was like i just want to go back to work i'm so goddamn bored and not only bored but just like there were so many things that happened and i'm like dude i want to talk about that i want to yeah. Yeah, part of that. Can't, yeah, can't, can't that always that happens. Happen. Week in and week out, you'll sit up every night at like 8.30 go, what the hell are we going to talk about no. tomorrow? And no. then you take a vacation. It's like, oh, my God, I want to talk about that and that and that and that. Everything. Yeah, so much stuff. You, you mentioned talking to Scott from Winning for Next Year. And just on sports alone, there were so many stories oh, in God. sports where I was like, dude, where, where, where? I mean, look at all the bowl games. Let's go do the show right Ohio State, now. Ohio State gets shut out in the bowl game. Right, right, shut right. Out. Uh, uh, Ronda Rousey's whole ordeal. Oh, I mean, I mean. We're going to get into that next. Well, uh, there's, a, there's a million. I mean, a couple of times today, it's Ronda Rousey. A million different stories from the world of sports oh, yeah, alone so much. that I was like, dude, I just want to go back and do the show. And also, it was nice to come back this morning, even though waking up at 3.30 always sucks, no matter what year it is. Brutal. Yeah, yeah dude, it's setting that alarm yesterday. I was like, oh my god, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But it, it was nice how many people over that break hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Facebook, sent me a text message or whatever, and we're like, dude, I just want you to go back to work, man. Right. I miss the show. I know. I miss it, man. That, that, nice. was, that was the best Christmas present I could get, honestly. That was the be- I'm sorry. That was the best holiday present I could get. I don't know. I'm sorry, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, dude, I must have lost my mind right there. Uh, dude, come on now. Walmart's already setting up for next year's Christmas, dude. They've already got the <laughs> yeah. 362 days until I'm sorry. next year's I don't, Christmas. I don't know why I'm calling out holidays by their names. I don't know what I was thinking. That is craziness. Can't do that. But uh, no, you're, you're right. That was the best. That, that's the best holiday gift I can get was when people are like, man, I'm because people kept tweeting at me. And I was like, I know you listen every day because you tweet at me every morning. Right. So I know you've heard this before right. and you're listening through it again. And that's a huge compliment. I mean, I understand people will do that with television shows. And like oh, I do yeah. it all the time with like Game of Thrones. I've watched every episode of that thing like 12 times. But like when you talk about like radio shows and that kind of content and how we're normally so like top of uh, you know what's going on currently, the fact that people will sit through it again is I don't know. I, I could never do that. So it's it, it's cool that people will. The ultimate Christmas present there right there. there uh, speaking of ultimate Christmas presents, yeah. I did want to do a present rundown. Nothing that great for Christmas, but what my girlfriend got me for my birthday, dude. 
unbelievable. Yeah, you guys decided to like adopt a family in Canton and buy Christmas presents for them versus like a whole exchange for you. Yeah, but your birthday the following week after Christmas. So like, so what did you get? What uh, did you get? She went over the top. We went up and had dinner with my parents yesterday, and that was nice. Ah, and you know, nice. kind of did that. Um, but she went over the top. She got me a custom made pair of Kyrie's, dude. Really? They are sick, dude. They're whining gold, and she was like, "You can wear them when you do charge games, and it's going to be so cool." That and, will like, be cool. That's dude, a smart idea. They're all like gold. I mean, like they are—they are just fancy as hell. Arguably, the fanciest piece of clothing I've ever, or like you know, outerwear that I've ever had in my entire life. Never have I had anything this nice. Like, what has been nicer? Uh, dude, yeah, custom, that's pretty nice. They're custom made, dude. They're like, dude, it, Scott from Winning for Next Year is gonna be jealous. He's lo- dude. That guy's a shoe whore. You know what I'm saying, he probably has himself compared to without Scott. Scott makes good money. Yeah, that, that, that whole two jobs thing helps out. But but I, I, I got to give her some credit. I I, I never would have bought it for myself. And when I that's opened awesome. those up, it was just like. Damn. That's awesome. Yeah, that is cool. I'll put some pictures up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, please do that that way. Uh, dude, our boss actually texted us while we were on vacation. Says, "I know you're on vacation, but can you help me out with the website while you're gone?" And you know, it was only the one thing. And you know, I, and at first I got like annoyed about it. Right. And then I was like, "Dude, you're on the couch. You're bored out of your mind." What? Uh, he asked you to copy and paste the link to your Twitter, and you're gonna bitch. I was like, "Okay, you know what? I will absolutely do that." And uh, but but apparently there were some web problems while we were going. Well, can you copy and paste the link for you to your Twitter right now? Could you do that for us, Stansbury? No, I'm gonna Facebook Live. Uh, <laughs> do both my computers being uh, you know not working? I'm gonna uh, do that. He keeps telling me Facebook Live is the future of radio. That's like that's the that's how people want to get their content now. Okay, well here they go because the content is nothing works. The content is it took three years, but you broke my goddamn will. Stansbury, no will, 2017. It's a long hashtag. There's only 140 characters, so I'm not going to be able to say a whole lot else in that message. But hashtag Stansbury, what did I say? No will, 2017. I don't know what it is. But I have no will, no direction, no plan, no I, nothing. I can't figure it out. I got nothing. But what I do have is a story about how I got a black eye on New Year's Eve. As I'm sitting here with a black eye, I uh, will give you that story next on the Stansbury Show. Spirit Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're getting Scott from WinningForNextYear.com at 8 o'clock. We'll give you a little State of the Union uh, via the Browns. I know they have a huge pro- uh, press conference, I believe, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, they say they're staying the course. They, uh, they have a lot to be optimistic about. Cleveland Browns, since the last time we spoke, Dan Stansbury... Have won a game. They won a game. They won a game. They won a game. Super Bowl. You know what? Super Bowl. I, I, Super Bowl. I, I, I wasn't going to do this here. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it at all on the program today. I was going to skip it. But it got brought up, so I'm, so I'm going to do it. Okay? We all know there was supposed to be an 0-16 parade. We kind of felt like, okay, right. that's kind of funny, and I understand why people would go. And, right. you know, I kind of feel like, dude, you embarrass the front office. Maybe what they do then is maybe they go, you know what, we don't want this again. Let's try to figure this out. Whatever. But there were people who were unhappy about the idea of a parade. I know Rizzo was one of them threatening to run people over. It seems like oh, that whole K&R staff over there. Like, uh, you know, Brenda had some things to say. And I understand those guys are kind of little, little older, get off my lawn type guys, and that's you know how they feel about it. But one of the guys who really got upset about this parade, and I knew he would, is a guy that I worked closely with for a long, long time. I was, I was his assistant for a long. That's how I got my break into the radio business was by being the personal assistant of Mark Munch Bishop, legend in the uh, Cleveland sports talk, legend guy. in the sports business in Ohio. And dude, I went to an Ohio State game with that guy. He can walk on water in Columbus. It's crazy. And I had to, like, stop myself from, like, attacking these Twitter trolls about what they were saying about Munch. Because I have a love for that guy that's irrational. Because 
Well, I was in a foxhole with him for like 10 years. I mean, and then I was his personal assistant for like four of those 10. And I just know him very well. He's a good dude. He did right by me when my dad died. He just, I mean, the guy just is a solid guy. And he was anti-parade. And now all like these 19, 21, 22-year-old like Twitter hacks are like, Going after him on Twitter for his take, and like I felt the urge to like get Munch's back because he always has mine. That I felt the urge. I was like, "Don't get in, don't get in the mud with these people. This is what they want. They have nothing better to do all day. Don't get sucked down in the mud with it while you're on vacation." But honestly, I'm just gonna tell you right now: you can blast Munch all you want, but you better never, and I mean never, let me hear you do it, or you're getting smacked. I think the comment that he made, and I think that's what kind of got people fired up about what he said. He told people the the money that was supposed to go to the 0-16 parade um, went to the Cleveland Food Bank instead. And he said the Cleveland Food Bank shouldn't take that money. I'll double it and give you more. And then I I don't believe he was able to do that. Well, whether you were or were not able to do that. It was a bad way to get your message across. Right. I'll admit that. Well, and that's the thing is he kind of came out and said, like, well, now that, you know, of course a charity is going to take the money. And, of course, you know, 40,000 meals. And my opinion on sports gets out of the way, and I realize that people are going to be helped. And of course, and again, here's the weird. Here's what I thought felt very weird about that is that the hunger issue for that guy, March, Mark Munch Bishop, is first and foremost for that guy. He has been a proud supporter of St. Augustine's Hunger Center for years and years. I spent every Thanksgiving at St. Augustine's with Munch, you know, handling that issue. I mean, I know he cares about it. That's why I felt like his take was a little weird and, for him. Right, and I'm sure that's why he went back and said, I mean, we've all been guilty of it. Like, sure. you, oh, you, you, you get fired up and you say something I'm do it that, 200 times today. that might not necessarily be what you actually, you know, feel or what you actually think once you take Emotions a get back. the best of you, yeah. But it, it really was just a testament of social media is just a bitch, dude. It's like, the, oh my god, I did such a good job of posting only and not really reading a whole lot until like this last week, uh, last couple of days we were out, and then I, like I said, I got caught up on all that. And like I said, I love Munch like he's my old man. Like, he, like I, that's how much I love that guy. And so when I saw that, I was just like, oh my god, I got to take all these dudes down. And I was like, no, dude, Munch is a fifty-year vet in this business. He's got, dude, he's got thick skin. He, you know, he, he, he'll be fine. You don't need to take up for him. At what point did like, dude, I'm gonna take this online troll down. When did that ever work? You know Never. what I'm saying? Never. Like, what, what did you accomplish? Never. And uh, uh, so I had an interesting New Year's Eve. Yeah, you did, buddy. I had an interesting yeah, New Year's Eve. you did. Eve. Clutch played the Agora, and uh, they played last year on the 30th. They played this year on New Year's Eve proper, and it was awesome. What an awesome uh, tradition for Northeast Ohio yeah. rock fans if you get to see Clutch every New Year's Eve-ish. That's awesome. They, That's great. Uh, they love Northeast Ohio, Clutch does. It's one, of the, it's one of the areas where they're really big. That band never gets radio play, and they're big in like a handful of towns. Yeah, there they are right there. They're one of my favorite bands. I love Clutch. And uh, they're huge in this area. So, yeah, they always really do really well. I knew I would do well. And so I had I had, a, I had two things happen that night that, that weren't great. So my friend Allison, who I work with, texted me on our way in and said, Hey, I'm going to stop and get dinner. Do you want me to pick you up something? That way you have something to eat while we're working. I said, Yeah, that'd be great. So midway through the show, I start biting into my sandwich. She got some Jimmy John's. And I bit into something hard, and I was like, oh, God damn it, Jimmy John's. It's like, what the hell? And I pull it $15 out. $15 an hour, you don't get any of that. Stupid Jimmy John's employees. Can't even get my order right. I, I didn't ask for rocks in my sandwich. I, I pull out what I thought was right, like a rock or something, and it ended up being one of my teeth. Ugh. I have crowns, and one of my crowns had fallen out. And it was up front in my mouth. And so, like, I was trying to open my mouth while I was, like, finishing out the shift and telling people what their bill was and all that. 
And uh, all the while, dude, while your ex girlfriend's like standing at the bar looking hot as hell, and you got teeth falling out of your mouth, and like all this problem. I was like, God damn it! So like I was just like I was a little furious. So I had that happen. And uh, you know, I woke up the next day. I got some dentemp, and it's like this, like you know, dental cement stuff. And you put the crown back in, and it'll hold until you get to a dentist. And I got to start today and find out which dentist I can use, and like that whole thing. And uh, but then like, I was screwing around with one of our barbacks, my buddy Brian, who I love. He's like one of my favorite people I work with at the Agora. And we were screwing around, like kind of like fake boxing or whatever. And I was standing too close to him, and he like swung on me, and he actually clipped me right in the eye, hit me right in the eye, punched me right in the face. Stansberry with a shiner right now. Big, huge black eye. Big, huge black eye. Yeah, it was bad. It hurt like hell. I was like, dude, what the hell? And he was like, man, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. And I, you know, I didn't realize you were that close to me and all this stuff. And Brian's like a younger dude. He's like 23. And so he, the amount of times he messaged me yesterday, it was like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, dude, you got mistakes happen. Right? Accidents happen. We were, you know, we were screwing around. Horse playing. We were horse playing. You know, it, it's all fun and games until somebody gets their eye knocked out. That's what, that's what your mom always says. So, yeah, dude, a barback fisted up and totally punched me in the face. You've uh, you got to come up with a better story than, like, hey, me and my buddy, we were knuckleheading around. Cause, I mean, yeah, you, I wish there was, like, this great story to it. There is not. Any Anytime somebody has a black eye, it's like a leather jacket or smoking a cigarette where you're I cool, see you man. and I'm like, damn, dude, you're cool, man. You you're, you're riding a motorcycle. <laughs> like, you should have seen the other guy. Yeah, man. He just swung at me, punched me right in the face. Getting teeth knocked out. Well, that's Jimmy John, not a punch, but that's crazy, right? That, right. You, that you get punched <laughs> and a tooth comes out in the same night, and it's not because of the punch. Crazy. At a clutch show, and it wasn't even like a real like fist flying at you. It was just some knuckle heading around. They were so good. Yeah, that that, that they're t- they're touring the psychic uh, warfare. psychic warfare yeah. album, and that's, yeah. that's good stuff right there. Yeah. If you like rock music, regardless where you are on the rock scale, Clutch has something for you. Oh, Whether you're so like, good. oh, dude, I listen to old '70s stuff, or no, I really like metal, or wherever you are on the scale, there's plenty of good stuff coming out of the Clutch. Uh, you know, people band. always ask you and I, like, what do you listen to? What do you like? Because you know, we always kind of bag on the on music that gets played on radio stations. It's because we work at a radio station, we're just kind of sick of everything that gets played, and so. People that work at stations normally have like a little deeper love of uh, you know some music, and a little further down the rabbit hole we'll go. Um, so I know people are going to ask me, "Well, dude, I don't really know Clutch. What should I?" Subtle Hustle is my favorite Clutch song. You can find Subtle Hustle. Listen to that. I uh, I absolutely love that song. That whole album. I forget the it's escaping me now the name of that album. But I like the song Soap Makers. I like oh, Elephant yeah. Riders. Elephant Riders is great. Elephant Riders. Be careful with that mic. This is honestly this electric was their worry. This was their biggest like hit, right? This or Electric Worry, one of the two. But this is the song we have, so I guess maybe I've that's- never. Not that I don't like this song, but I was always like perplexed and like head scratch. It's like, why is this the clutch song that broke out? Like for all the stuff, and again, maybe it's just because I like them and I think everything they do is good. That I've always been like, really, this is what breaks out. But, uh, but yeah, this is. I've never really been a huge fan of this song. They're good though, man. If you're unaware, dude, if you're unaware of Clutch, you should check them out. They're really, really good. All right, something I had predicted a little while back, and then I walked it back because everybody told me I was being mean, and oh my God, you're mean, and you just like to pile on, and you don't know what the hell it is you're talking about, but I told you this was going to happen. I predicted this when it, when it happened the first time around. I said, you watch, this will happen again, and sure enough, I was right. We'll get you filled in next on The Sansbury Show.
106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. I would love to tell you what's up there right now to uh, help drive incentive to get you there. But yeah. I don't know because, well, none of my computers work in the studio. So what is up at WRQK.com right now? Uh, I posted up a video from Dr. Pimple Popper, which is one of Stansberry's favorite YouTube accounts there. I do like that account. It, uh, it's it's, it's pop- popping cysts that are on eyelids. So not only Whoa. is it gross, but it's right by the eyeball. So that's nasty. Oh, I got to see that. Uh, and there's also a video of a mom that hired a stripper for her eight-year-old son's birthday. I'm sorry, what? A mom hired a stripper for her eight-year-old son's birthday. Was it a female stripper? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big booty stripper. She won some bad bitch contests in her day, I can tell. Well, interesting. Man, I got to get my computer up and running. I'm missing all the good stuff. Were those kind of teachers when I was a kid? I don't know. Stripping for eight-year-olds? I don't know. <laughs> Can't be doing that kind of stuff, people. Hiring strippers for your kid? Come on. <laughs> I don't understand. I guess I I, I want to read more about that story. What would? Why would that? I mean, at eight years old, did I even care? About sexuality, I don't think I did. Like I don't, right? Like weren't girls still gross? Like aren't they still gross at eight years old? You put that big booty stripper up in your lap, you probably would care. <laughs> Let me tell you, no grosser section of people than big booty strippers. <laughs> Trust me, I can, dude. I can speak on uh, from experience about how gross those bitches can be. Wow. Yeah. WRQK.com. Good stuff happening up there. Yeah, I gotta get on. I gotta get on that. I uh, I gotta check that out. Maybe when this hour-long disk repair system that my computer's been going through for the last two hours, maybe maybe then I'll be able to figure it out. And no update on that. No no nah. further movement. No nah. like the the bar that says you know seventeen percent. Well, 18%. it's it's no 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 because what it is, it's just like it's it's it, well, it's like uh, it's like pong. It's like I got that little small blue block that's just scrolling across the screen inside the uh, inside the box there. That's nice. We got the Atari version of the computer up that's and right. running right now. That's Every, right. Everything's gonna be fine. It's DOS based. Our uh, our, our computer system. A little bit concerning. Like, right now, we're okay because we've had, like, hey, dude, tell me about Christmas. And, oh, New Year's Eve, and I got punched. No, oh, all these different things. But inevitably, there's going to come a point in the show, probably right now, where we need a little bit of, like, information and computers in front of us and stuff working. I'm, I'm a little nah. concerned, Stansberry. Nah, see, the problem is, dude, you're thinking about doing a radio show in the real world. Nah. It's 2017. People lost their damn minds. They're like, speaking of, people don't expect real anymore. Or, or factual or accurate. And this isn't even what we're getting into, but we may talk about this a little later. But to, to highlight my point, did you see this yesterday where CNN was talking about the Russian, uh, Russian hackers and that problem? And they used a photo from the video game Fallout 4. No. In, fa- in the Fallout video game series, part of what you have to do is hack computer terminals to get to certain sections of buildings and whatever to get new weapons in the thing, right? And, uh, you know, you increase your character and you get, you know, better at safe cracking and better at, like, hacking computer terminals. And what it is is it's, a, like, it's a, a green screen and all the words are jumbled and, like, you just, you know, you click and try to do it. And they didn't know that they were using like a photo from a video game to be like, here's how easy it is to hack computers. That's CNN, bro. That's 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 very concerning. It's for that CNN and like, listen, I understand that you know, especially with something like an attached graphic, you know, the editor might not be the most well versed person in hacking and right. not you know video games and stuff like that. But dude, somebody along the lines needs to be like, dude, I'll tell you what happened there. Right, that company. I would assume this is true. I don't know for sure. 
But that company, much like ours, you can't just take any photo you want and put it up on your website. No, you like, cannot. There are services that you subscribe to. It's like, oh, wait, we have uh, you know, not ownership, but the right to use these photos, right? right? And so their, pro, their system, that's what the guy did. He went to whatever their system is, put it in the search bar, computer hacking, hacking right. blah, blah, blah. That photo came up, and he was like, good, sold, and did it, and didn't realize, like... And again, because video games aren't just for little kids, it's like, dude, 35, 40-year-old guys, dude, Fallout's one of my favorite video game series. I love that game. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my god, that is from Fallout 4. Now, if that happened to us, eh, dude, we're a morning rock show, we're two idiots, idiots, you know, eh, dude, that's life. But I mean, this is CNN, so obviously there needs to be a a higher standard there. There's no question about it. Um, I I think this whole thing with the, uh, the Russian hacking, that's probably what's affecting your computer right now. Is that right? That's probably what's happening right now, dude. I mean, what is Russian hacking? Do they just spit vodka on the keyboard? Like, I'm, like I don't understand. Like, dude, why? I, when did the Russians get so slippery? Like, uh, well, not since like 1988 have the Russians been this this fear. Well, I, that's the whole thing. Is terrorists went brown for a while, but now all of a sudden it's like, dude, maybe they are <laughs> Russian <laughs> bastards. Dude, there, there's white guys over there too. They can't be trusted. We gotta go take them down. Those the commie sons of bitches. I, uh, I, 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 this whole hacking thing. It definitely has made me like, oh, dude, the. Media number one falling apart, not yes. very reputable. CNN and this it's only going to get worse. And this whole thing with Trump, where he's like, "Yeah, dude, you don't know anything with computers," and ah, they're fast, but it's just like, dude, it, we, it, like, <laughs> there's got to be a happy medium there. I'm not saying like, hey, video games prove that there were Russian hackers, but at the same time, you can't be like, ah, computers, nobody can trust them. <laughs> Nah, they just they can't trust them. I mean, you gotta do a little bit more Jeez. more in depth research there. So, Jeez. yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I don't have the computer right now. It might, 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 well, maybe, maybe it is Nikolai Solkov who's 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 in my computer. Maybe it is what happened. So, uh, while we were gone, something happened. An event happened that I was so excited for, and that was UFC 207. And I'm a big UFC fan, and we should congratulate Cody No Love Garbrandt, who is uh, who is now uh, a new champion for the UFC. And before we get to the like the main event of that card, we'll talk about Cody's fight a little bit. And he took the world by storm with this fight. Yeah, he did. He took the world by storm. And I personally was a little annoyed with the fight. I was annoyed with the fight. There were 10 times he could have knocked that dude out and put him away, but he didn't. He wanted to be the new Conor McGregor. He wanted to showboat. He wanted to dance around. And I was just like, dude... This is going to work in this Cruz fight because Cruz took him lightly. He did. You could tell. He took him lightly, didn't think he was going to be serious, got in there and realized, oh, no, this is, I bit off more than I can chew with Cody. And the dancing around and the showboating and the highlighting, yes, it's all cute and it's very funny and all this, but I'm telling you, you continue to do that in that sport, somebody's going to take your head off. Um, you know, there's no such thing as an overnight success. We all like to think, right. like, oh, hey, this guy just came out of nowhere, and now he's a UFC champion. Um, but he really did have a meteoric rise there, where he went from a relative no-name guy all of a sudden to this weekend. Or, that sport you know, does that faster than any other sport. And, and I guess that just goes to show there's a lot of talent just waiting for the opportunity in the UFC. All you have to do is give a guy a shot in the octagon, and who knows where he can go with that. So, I mean, that's, that is. That's one of the great things about UFC. Um, I, I I definitely want to credit the guy. I didn't watch it live. I watched the highlights, though. And you're right. Throughout the fight, it wasn't just once where he was like, you know what? Because if you do it once, there is a little bit of like, if I get this guy off his mental game. Right. But was that a part? I mean, is that what he's doing? You start dancing around and you get somebody even more pissed. And now they're like, you know, oh, dude, they, they, they don't, they don't stick to some, their plan. They, you know. I'll tell you this. If he, if he wasn't from Ohio, 
when I saw some of it, I would have been rooting for him to get his to get knocked out. If it, dude, if he wasn't an Ohio guy, I'd have been like, Cruz, knock this punk out. That's exactly what I would have been thinking. Because it, there's a little bit of it. It's like, oh man, you're asking for it. You're asking for it. Now, look, he was far and away the better competitor that night. Oh yeah. And it looks like he's gonna be a badass for a little while. I cannot wait, and I mean cannot wait for the Cody No Love versus TJ Dillashaw fight. I mean, he called TJ out right after the fight. Called him out right after the fight. TJ fought that night, too, and he was amazing. That fight's going to be so good. Uh, bantamweight he is, champion? I believe so, yeah. Okay, so that's like one, I don't know what the is weight is. 130? 30? Okay, so 130, r- r- relatively small fighters here that we're talking about. Um, certainly the concept of being brash and being uh, outspoken. It's and part of it. Be, right. Look it, at Connor. Right. Look at Nate Diaz. Well, Muhammad Ali. I right. mean, like, there's a million examples there. I just I just hope that if, if he continues to go down this path, it's not just about pop-locking and dropping it. It's it's use that for your advantage, dude. Don't Did, let that be your downfall. Let that be your strength. Did you see he gave that kid with leukemia his belt? Yeah. And he said, he's like, I'm going to go out and buy a fake belt for myself. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Pride of Yerkesville right there. That's, that's pretty amazing. Him in daytime. <laughs> I damn right. I hate Uriah Faber, and normally I root against anybody standing anywhere near Uriah Faber. But you got to, uh, y- 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 you do have to love that Cody No Love story. I'll tell you what I loved about UFC two uh, two hundred seven. It's that I was proven right, and now everybody in sports media is telling you. Well, what we're realizing now is that the female competition, while Ronda Rousey was dominating the sport, wasn't that good. And then the last couple of years, the females have made a major surge in popularity and in the fighting. And more girls are starting to come into more and more fighting. And what happens? Ronda Rousey's lost two fights. This is everything I said before she lost both fights. And everybody took me apart for it. Everybody. Oh, you don't understand. You hate greatness. You just don't like her. No, I kept telling you, she's good. But in 20 years, much like, dude, is Chuck Liddell still considered to be one of the best UFC fighters ever? I'm not sure he is. It's just, dude, the longer something goes on, the less relevant you become to it. We're all slaves to the moment uh, in, in the sense of is Chuck Liddell still considered a legend, but... He, legend, yes. Right, but as one of the Top greatest 10 fighters, fighters? I don't know. I don't know. Fair. I don't know. I Fair. honestly don't know the answer to Fair. that. And I think that's what you're going to see with Ronda. And I kept telling people this. Ronda never won that belt. They needed a champion, and they gave it to her. Jessica Evil Eye was on the program. She said this on this very show. She said it. And that's why, dude, a lot of those women fighters hate Ronda Rousey because of that. And all day leading up to it, I saw Ronda's body. She looked cut. She looked ready mentally. It looked like she was ready to go. Yeah. And then the moment that bell rang, you could see it in her face. Holly Holman knocked her out and shook her, and she's been shook since. And that's not where you're supposed to go. If you're if your mind if your head's not all in, you stay out of there. Yeah, especially in a big fight like that where you're going into a, a obviously a high stakes you know event. Um, I don't see why in UFC like why doesn't it go. You lose the belt, you lose the fight or whatever. Why don't you have to go back down to zero, kind of? I guess it's because they need the stars, they need the pay-per-views. Right. But to go into such a big fight, your first fight back after getting your you know, your head knocked off, I would think, like, all right, I'm going to go fight some chick who's lost half of her fights. I'm going to go fight some chick in a in a you know a free event on Fox as opposed to going back to, like, the biggest stage of them all, fighting the toughest person of them all. It, 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 well, the me, problem, that's not the worst idea ever, but the problem is, is then what the audience says is you're scared, you're a pussy if you if you you should be fighting the best people you're ronda rousey but it's over now right i mean she oh, got yeah. knocked out in 48 oh, yeah. seconds the first punch to the face it was like oh she didn't have it oh yeah it's, it's I over, mean, it's over sure. right and in what it probably is 
I'll tell you what I uh, my prediction of Ronda Rousey. Okay, yeah, I'd be interested. WrestleMania 33. She oh, yeah. makes her appearance for the WWE. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vince just has enough money to make yeah. people do things they don't want to do. Yeah, she was. I mean, she was at WrestleMania 31, but I'm saying like she becomes a WWE superstar. Oh yeah, w- yeah. yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at all. But I, I mean, dude, two years ago I said Ronda Rousey's a little overrated, little overrated, and you guys all jumped down my throat. And I kept telling you, it's like, no, because I watch this stuff, and most people watch UFC when Ronda Rousey's fighting or when Conor McGregor's fighting. Most other UFC fights, you guys aren't watching that stuff. And most people don't. And I kept saying, dude, there are, she, she's overrated, she's overrated, she's a little, not that she's not great, but she's a little overrated. Oh, you just hate her. She's the most dominant female athlete we've ever seen, and blah, blah, blah. I think Serena's got a lot to say about that, right? I think Serena would have a lot to say about that. Simone Biles probably. Is on the same oh, oh if you're gonna throw it, you're right. You know what? I didn't because I never even think about Olympians only as like the, as right. like athletes, right. even though that's what they are. But yeah. I never really view it that way. But you're right. Yeah, Simone Biles might have something to say it's about. All right. But Dana White's got to be sitting there today, going, "What do I do?" Well, like America's not going to wrap their arms around Amanda Nunes the way they did Ronda Rousey. They're just not. No. And. You know what? I wanted to say this, and I'm running out of time, so I'm going to fit this in here. As everywhere in the world, women are fighting for equality and the pay gap and this whole thing. I find it ironic that in the most testosterone-based sport is where women are on the most even playing field in any business, it seems like, these days. Women fighting in the UFC is because of Ronda Rousey, and this is where you do have to take your hat off to her, is as popular as when the men fight. Is it because of Ronda Rousey, or is it because of is it because of Dana White? I mean, we're giving Ronda bit, the crowd a little bit of both there. But he it, knew Dana White. Or he Dana White knew Ronda could be Ronda. He, he could have. I think you could have put any other chick that was decent MMA fighter in that position, and we all would have been like, dude, yeah, she's a bad bitch, dude. Yeah, we love her. Mm. I don't know if it was so much Ronda Rousey, or if it was just like, hey, it's a little bit of a perfect storm because a little bit of it was her personality, a little bit of it was that that most men. I don't really find her to be that hot, but most men find Ronda Rousey to be a really like a hot fighter. Amanda Nunes, that's that's not that's That's not not her problem. That's that's not what she's dealing with. No, not at all, not at all. And I like what she had to say after the fight too, which is you need to pay attention to the rest of us. I know you all love Ronda, but you need to pay attention to the rest of us. That's not going to happen, though. And that's what Dana White's saying to himself right now: is uh, listen, I can't take all my eggs out of the women's MMA basket. Misha Tate's done, but I need to move. Ronda's done. I need to move them. So now, and not to be, and again, I'm not trying to be prejudiced here or anything, but now his two beautiful white girls are now like out. And dude, if you're Dana White, you got to be like, dude, somebody better find me a hot UFC fighter. I need eyes on this stuff. But I kept saying, I was like, dude, Ronda's good, but she's probably overrated. And people just emailed me for two years straight telling me I was an idiot. Sure enough, she fights two tough girls, and what happens? Gets knocked out in both. And what they both do, the way I told people, you beat Ronda Rousey. You stay away from her, and you hit her from across the ring. She can't handle it. And if she can't get you on the ground, she can't beat you. It was proven not once, but twice now. Sooner or later, you guys are going to realize, I know what I'm talking about. So, as embarrassing as Ohio State was in the yeah. bowl game, blown out yeah. by Clemson, and then you got Ronda Rousey following that, and that was, like, embarrassing. But another celebrity had, like, trumped both those over New Year's Eve. We'll get you filled in on the Mariah Carey story next. Hang on.
Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com. Fantone, I am still without a computer, buddy. I'm still, uh, I'm still, I do not have the technology. I don't know what to do about that. That's a throwback Thursday on a Tuesday. Sansbury, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it 1950s radio style from here on out. It's all Canton rap all, all the time. Just reading the newspaper to you. Paul Harvey style. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should do. Coming up at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. Uh, it's uh, brand new Zane featuring Taylor Swift. Now, is Zane, is is that, is he, what, did he break out from something? Is he, was he in something I know? He was a One Directioner. Oh, oh, oh. He's doing his own thing now. And he used to do. Going Taylor, his own direction, one, one could say. He used to do Taylor Swift. So oh. I don't know if this is them. Is that get, right? Getting back together. I don't know if this is them like, you know. This is them. This is them. Now they, see, they after one another. Now they're all going to do it to us. That that's what that that's what that is. So Zane featuring Taylor Swift, "I Don't Want to Live Forever," is uh, that song, and then New George Strait, "Kicked Out of Country." Nice. And uh, you know everybody always says, you know, you know this bro country stuff, this bro country stuff. It, you know, it's not like how it used to be. Really? Go listen to George Strait. I got a car. Go listen to that. That's about as bro country as you get. It's always been this crap. I always uh, I always like that. It's not just me on the anti-bro country uh, hill. There's plenty of country music fans out there that hate it as well. So hopefully this will be one for them. They're all pretentious, like like rock fans. Ah. Speaking of which, you're getting brand, not even brand new OTEP. You're getting OTEP covering Lord, which I got to be honest with you. Royals was a great song. Yeah. And uh, I've heard a couple of covers of it yeah. that I've really liked. So to be interested to hear Otep's, um, I have a little personal story about Otep and uh, that uh, lead singer. We'll give you that story at 9 o'clock. Also, 8 o'clock, Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Uh, and then 8.30, you're getting WWE tickets. Nice. So I didn't see this because I was working New Year's Eve. I was, uh, I was behind the bar making some money. As I uh, like to do on New Year's Eve versus getting in trouble, I like making money versus spending all my money in the bar. Uh, so I didn't get to see this Mariah Carey debacle, but it seems as if, and of course, Twitter needs to take Mariah Carey down a peg, because how dare her be attractive, wildly talented, have all that money, and you know, uh, sing you songs that you love? How dare her be able to do that without you ruining her life with your keyboard? Yeah, there's certainly no uh, debating Mariah Carey's track record. Her ability? No, yeah, the girl has one hell of a resume. You can dislike her, sure. I don't care. Whatever. You can dislike whatever. Now, did you she want. bang Tommy Mottola to get to where she is? Yes, she did. Yeah, yeah, she did. But then she banged a bunch of black dudes afterwards, and you know, hey, we all got to work hard, and then we get our reward at the end, right? The rumor is she will not be going back to Tommy Mottola after that. The rumor is she will not be going back. Is that what they say? Is that's what they say? That's what they say. Once you go black, you don't go back to some small deed white dude. Nope. <laughs> no matter no matter what music company he founded. So apparently what happened here, this was like a little bit of um, Millie Vanilli type thing here. She was yeah. exposed as a lip syncer. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you, America. Did you not realize that everybody for the last 50 years, I don't know about everybody. I'm sure there's people who have done it live. But isn't the most of this stuff lip synced because they're trying to make sure it goes off without a hitch? Certainly anything on the Dick Clark Rockin' New Year's Eve. Anything in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I mean, anything, some of those things are even filmed days in advance. Anything on the Super Bowl. Anything that's in one of these high-profile, you know, a million eyes we're, on us. Like, there's yes, there's going to be backing tracks. Where the performance isn't necessarily about what you're singing. 
singing. It's more about the visuals of it and what you're doing. And yeah, and the fact that you are Mariah Carey up there on stage, the fact that you're Katy Perry during the Super Bowl halftime show, of course there's going to be backing tracks. Now listen, I would say vast majority of bands you go see, you're going to have backing tracks. Oh, dude, I went and saw Seven Dust at House of Blues like two years ago, and it was all recorded. Now, we're not talking about like going to Buzzman, but if you go to a show at the Q, you know, if, if you went to, you know, a show at the Q last year, I can almost guarantee you an arena show is going to have back vocals. There's, there's just no denying yeah, that. Kind of has to these days. So, like, I guess, you know, the video, it didn't sync up, and she's been called a diva because she left and all this stuff. Well, and I don't think it's so much the fact that she was exposed as a lip syncer. I, I think plenty of people knew that was the case. I think it's how she handled it, and that's why people got upset. Why, because she left? Is that is I'm I'm asking questions. I don't like I said I didn't really well, know the whole situation. She didn't, I, she didn't even really leave. It's just she kind of stopped trying up on stage. Like it wasn't. Oh, the, she gave into the moment. She she didn't leave. She like as soon as she got done performing, which she didn't really perform. As soon as she got done performing, she walked over and did the countdown with, with Ryan, Ryan and then took and out. Like, and then I'm done. So okay, you did your contracted job, but it's the way she handled it up on stage. I think that's what people had. When people were so upset. Now apparently now the, the, now both sides are now screaming at one another. Mariah Carey. Is now yelling at you know the Dick Clark production team. You know when you're a big star like Mariah, you normally travel with your own prod crew. Like you have your own mics and your own battery packs and you have your own stuff to, to kind of help out. They were using all of the Dick Clark stuff, according to Mariah Carey's people. They t- kept telling them her ears don't work, her ears don't work. And I guess the producer kept saying it'll work when we go live, which no, it won't. Yeah. If it's not working right now, it's not going to get fixed by the magic pushing of the live button. No, certainly not. You can listen to the Stansberry Show and know that for a fact. But <laughs> My computer been live for over an hour. Computer's still not working. Like it's things aren't just going to magically work. And so I could understand her being annoyed by that. Like now, as Mariah Carey, you do kind of have to handle it better than that. Like it, but it sucks, dude. Like when something like that happens and all eyes are on you. I've told this story before. I was introducing the cult at the House of Blues, right? And they had the big tarp in front of the stage, and I was standing behind it, and I had the mic on, and their road manager says, "Are you ready?" And I said, well, are you ready? Like, I'm totally ready. And they dropped the tarp down, and there I am, center stage at the House of Blues, mic in hand, about to announce one of my favorite bands ever. And I speak into the microphone, and the mic doesn't work. And nobody in the crowd is sitting there thinking, oh, the production manager doesn't know what he's doing. You're the idiot on the stage with the mic. It's you that doesn't know what you're doing. And so that was, like, wildly embarrassing. Now, luckily, the power came back on, and I, you know, talented enough where I pulled it all back together, and everybody had a good night. But it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, my God, I feel so alone. Now, luckily, that wasn't nationally televised. Like, she had to have known. Like, you got to know. It's like, this is nationally televised. I probably shouldn't do this this way. And I should, I, I should show a little bit more grace here. But that had to be just, I don't know, it had to be... Although you've been a celebrity for 20-some years. Like, nothing like this has ever happened to you before where you've never had to recover? Well, and, like, she tries to. I mean, she tries to, like, you know, go back to singing, but when you can't hear it... Right, you don't what know, are you going to do? You don't know where it is. Other, you're just going to look worse. You, you don't know where you're at in the song. And, I mean, it's not like she, like, cried and, like, left the stage. Right. She, like, I'll just let the audience sing it. And she kind of put the mic down to all oh, that. Oh, like, yeah, that's in bounds. What, what else are you supposed to do? I don't understand why people are after her about this. People want to hate on her, dude. I mean, it, 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 she's a very easy target. She is. She's a diva. There's no question about that. Yeah, I mean, she was. Well, she was in that VH1 show, The Divas. Or she's she's still super attractive for her age. She has a ton of success. She's out there banging black dudes all the time. Like it's very easy to point at Mariah and be like, "Oh, dude, I hate her." Huh? Yeah, she doesn't rub me the wrong way. I've always been a little bit of a fan. She's got a great voice. You know.
She's kind of going back and forth on the really pretty thing, but... Well, might I, rub myself the wrong way to her. Is that, is that right? Yeah, dude, I think she smokes. You know, she's pretty hot. Yeah, Mariah Carey's hot. She can totally get it. It's just when I saw Twitter, I was like, of course. Of course. You know, everybody's got their empty lives, and you're not going to feel better until you take down a celebrity who doesn't care about your opinion at all. And she even came out and said, like, I think it was on Instagram or Twitter, ish happens, happy 2017, let's move on with our lives. If, if, honestly, isn't she going on tour with Lionel Richie right yeah. now? Like, I think this helps her. Oh, yeah, people, Mariah Carey's career is over. No, no it ain't. No, it's not. No, it ain't. No, it's not. No, you know why it's not over? This is why things like this, like, things like that ruin you when you don't have the ability. Like, Millie Vanilli didn't have any right. credibility. They didn't right. have any musical talent. So once they were exposed as frauds, you're done. But, be, like, what's her name? Ashley, whatever her name was. It was Ashley Simpson, right? She was on SNL. Right. And she, like, there's not, there's not much behind that. Mariah Carey is a bona fide star, like, legitimately hit after hit after hit. Dude, she's got a number one album. Uh, she's got a greatest hits album of number one songs. There's real ability there. Mariah's going to be fine. Yeah. Probably be okay. A five octave range, dude. Just, is that right? Just, I mean, that's how that's how good her voice is. Of eight octaves, she can sing five of them. That's pretty. Uh, yeah, that's getting up there. Nice. I just, you know, I, I feel the same way about Dick Clark's "Rockin' New Year's Eve" as I do about the national anthem at huge sporting events. I don't know why you would do it. I don't know why you do it. If you nail it, nobody cares, and if you screw it up, everybody makes fun of you for a month. Like the one national anthem. We all remember is Whitney Houston's. That's it. Outside of the ones that were really bad, like Roseanne and this and that, you only remember them when they're bad. You don't. Nobody pat you on the back and says great job. It doesn't really help you when you nail it. And when you fall down on the job, you're just the laughing stock of the country. I just think the risk is it, 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 it outreaches the reward of that moment. That's why I don't know why if you're a huge celebrity why you would do it. I understand why somebody on the up and coming would be like Dick Clark's rocking New Year's Eve. Fine, Mariah Carey, like we said, dude, she's been feed up for the last ten years. She doesn't need the money. I, I just think the risk outweighs the reward of it. It's one of those thankless things. If you nail it, nobody cares. Kind of like Mariah Carey, I bet. Is that right? In the rap circle, come on now. Two chains, like, dude, I don't care. I've already done that. Old dirty bastard banger. I don't care. Did he really? Yeah, dude. ODB, remember they had that song together? Yeah, but that doesn't mean they banged. Did they, did they actually bang? According to internet rumors, according to like okay, that, so you know. All right. All right. I mean, they, yeah, well, yeah, I mean. They tell me ODB couldn't go to get up in it. Come on now. It's good enough for CNN. Dirt McGirt. Come on now. Big baby Jesus. Maybe that's what we should spend New Year's Eve doing. Opening up Mariah Carey to see if his teeth are still in there. Man, I miss ODB. So do I, dude. He was a good one. Shimmy, shimmy, ya. We're going to play that bed when we come back. She's got like 13 kids. I need that. I'm sure, I'm sure they probably need a little direction now. Probably not the worst thing. All right. If your New Year's uh, resolution was to have better sex, we're going to help you. Next on the Sansbury Show. Hey, guys. You got Sansbury here for CSE Federal Credit Union. I've been banking with them now over three years, and I'm 100% satisfied, and they're so convenient. They have a coin counting machine in every single one of their locations, and as a member of the credit union, I pay nothing to use it. Non-members, it's just 5%. That's way cheaper than what you pay at those coin counting machines in the grocery store and the like. Now, if your New Year's resolution is to get yourself a new automobile, CSE can help you out with a loan. Check out more info at CSEFCU.com. 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. About an hour from now, we'll get you hooked up with WWE tickets. 8.30 is when we'll pass those out. January 22nd, they uh, make their way back to the Civic Center here in Canton, and we'll send you. 
You got to be getting excited about that. Very excited, dude. I kind of forgot that that was so close, but I mean, dude, like, that's what 19 Dave? January 22nd, man. I'm very excited. Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, no. Charlotte. Here's the thing. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I I don't watch this stuff, but I was uh, I was up later than I should have been last night. And uh, I was like reading through my Twitter timeline, trying to get caught up for what we should be speaking about this morning. Right. And um, people, multiple people were like, Roman Reigns and what's the other guy's name? Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens are two of the most boring WWE wrestlers in the history of, of like the, the, the business. Roman Reigns, there's plenty of gripes against him for being boring, but I think Kevin Owens is wildly entertaining. The guy's always talking trash. He's, 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 a, he's a great heel, so screw that guy's opinion. The heels are normally more entertaining that way with like the mic skills and that kind of thing, right? Yeah, he's real funny. I don't know enough about either one. I'll probably go when it comes, just because, like I say, I always say, if it's a spectacle, I want to see it. Oh, in the WWE, my friend, that is a, a spectacle, to say the least. Uh, would you like an update on my computer? Yeah. 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 Uh, those of you that weren't listening uh, when the show started, I, of course, came in after a two-week break to machines that don't work. Mm-hmm. Now, it's been about three years of that, and uh, it just happens all the time. I've asked for them to replace this computer. Mm-hmm. They won't. I don't under- I don't know why, but they won't. And let's be real about desktop computers. Like, you can get a new one for like three UPC box or box codes from a, from, from a box of cereal. Like but They're not is- expensive anymore. But th- But the problem is this is the place who will say to me, well, it's not that much money. Just go buy one. Like, they'll tell me to buy it. I guarantee it. Okay. But apparently, I now have just a, a full black screen. Okay. And it says, smart hard drive detects imminent failure. Ah. Well, it's in the right room. <laughs> it's in the right room. Uh, it says, uh, I have the failing attribute number one. I have the number one of all failing attributes number one. Uh, to minimize the risk of data loss, I should back up the contents of my hard drive and run DPS self-test in the F10 setup. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you should totally do that. I should not know. I don't know. I don't know what any of that means. I don't know what that means. I know where F10 is on the keyboard. That's about the most of that I understood. Honestly, dude, I I, I, I hope this... Uh, imminent, I hope it's broken for real. Yeah, the imminent failure, I hope this is like dead. This is done. This is no more conversation. No more like, well, we'll just run a, a sweep on it and it'll be fine and you can just do... Press They've ran 12 now. sweeps on it in the last six months and it doesn't work ever no so hopefully this is just dead dude hopefully this is the office space moment you get to take it out back and 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 we'll play damn it feels good to be a gangster and oh, you we know, should play, that. play ghetto boys dude that's we should get some ghetto boys beds and just start yeah we should the crap out of it dude yeah like my mind playing tricks on me yeah, yeah we should have that yeah. all right uh people were telling me during the break that apparently uh the rumor about mariah carey over new year's eve was that she was hammered apparently there were people helping her up and down the steps and i mean I'm sure she got into a little bit of the punch. And duty, sure, but that doesn't mean that doesn't change the facts of like she was dealing with bunk equipment. I mean, that's not like, oh, dude, she's up, she's guilty. I also heard she refused to sound check, which that I don't believe. I don't believe that. Working at a music venue, now, granted, it's not like on the level of like Mariah Carey, right? Right. But I've never seen an artist not concerned that they weren't going to sound bad. Ever. I've worked in a music venue now five years. I've never, and I've been in the radio business a lot longer than that. I've never seen an artist go, no, we're good. Like, it's normally like, no, I want to make sure this is right because this is my livelihood. I don't buy the I wasn't sound. I, I don't buy it. And it's not like it's not like she was acting drunk on stage. It's not like she was acting. Dude, oh, whatever. People are just hating. I mean, like, honestly, this is, is that one what of those is? cases of just being haters. Well, fine. Right. Whatever. Just a bunch of haters. 
So uh, what should be on all of our list of New Year's resolutions is to have more and better sex. We yeah. all know sex is a cure-all. It helps cure all kinds of things, depression and you know your overall mood. It's a, it, it's a cure-all. Yeah, you feel better about life when you're having good sex. And honestly, if, if, if you are in a relationship right now, you should totally have that as a goal in your life. If you want to keep that relationship around in 2017, improve your sex life. You guys will feel better about things. Absolutely. Now, I would imagine that this is more for couples who have been together forever, right? right? Because right. where you got to start to like figure out like how do we, you know, how do we stay in this? Right. And uh, because you know the first year is all about you can't keep your hands off each other. Once that once that first year goes away, now it's about do we like one another? Right. We've had sex over a hundred times. Oh my gosh, do we have to? Do this? Turns out you're not that great. I'm time for me to go. Right. But they say here that they have the three keys to having better sex. Okay. And most of this stuff should be well, yeah, duh. Okay. And it should be, but the problem is with the human condition is that we will fall down on the basics sometimes. Especially once you get into a place of, of oh, well, she, you take her for granted. Oh, she's always going to be around. And, ah, dude, I used to bang her out really good, but now I'm older and I'm fatter and my back hurts. And it's like, no, dude, you still have to put this effort forward. Guys, here's what I'm going to tell you. Dudes like me love when you guys don't take <laughs> don't, don't treat your women well enough. We love it. The amount of times I hear in my apartment... You know, I really like you, and I just I love hanging out here when my boyfriend's being a dick. Like, dude, the amount of times I hear that, I'm telling you right now, dude, be nicer to your girlfriend, or I'm going to. That's how that works. But they say here that what we need to understand is that we're having sex with one another. Mm -hmm. That you're not having sex, you're having sex together. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, you know, women kind of, unless it's a a one-night stand or just a friends-with-benefits situation... Women want to have sex with somebody that they feel close to, that they feel safe with, and that they're connected to emotionally. And on the other side of the, the, the coin, you have men who are just like, put me in the game, coach. I'm ready to play. Like, that's pretty much who we are. That, that's the sexes right there. Right. I understand there's people who, you know, cross that system and both on both sides. I understand that. But primarily, that's kind of the way it is. Yeah, primarily, um, if, if we're looking at genuinely, in my opinion, what's better of those two, as, as I've kind of had both. I mean, I, I do think there's something about knowing your partner and trusting your partner and having that partnership of like, hey, we're both in this to have a good time together. It definitely can be more fulfilling than just like, all right, well, we'll go bang it out. So they say here it's important for guys to recognize that the way in which we, men versus women, feel loved and rejected in sex may be different. They say, by sharing how you experience love and rejection, you'll begin to understand your partner more. Your partner will understand you as well. And an honest conversation you can have about sex will significantly improve your relationship both inside and outside the bedroom. And that's true. The problem is, is that sex is one of those things that people are very embarrassed about. Mm -hmm. And we all... Um, have insecurities about the fact that we're not good enough at it. Even women, right? Even women. I've known plenty of women who were always like, you know what, I do your ex-girlfriends better looking than I am. And they worry about the same kind of stuff men do. They just lie better than we do about it. But we're all kind of self-conscious about that. And so what happens there is nobody wants to admit that they might not know something, especially with something that we all hold so dear and want so badly. And there's the fear in a lot of people that talking about sex is you're going to hear your partner's disappointment in some of your sexual encounters. And people put their guard up and get really defensive the moment they feel threatened that way. It's just part of the course. It's because it's been sold to you your entire life that if you're not good at sex, you're just kind of a loser. That's the way we're, that's the way we're sold via TV and radio and movies and that kind of stuff. It's just we're sold. Like If you're not suave like that, you're a loser and you're unworthy. And so everybody kind of carries this, oh, no. 
I better be the best at this. And oh no, if she tells me anything she doesn't like, I'm the worst. And then everybody kind of sticks their head in the sand. And then what they're saying is you're doing the wrong thing. You got to be open and honest. And if you can't be honest, then you shouldn't be, not that you shouldn't be having sex with that person, but you shouldn't be in a committed relationship with that person. I think a lot of people um, make the mistake of trying to have that conversation and trying to have conversations like that immediately after or right before sex or even like, you know, in that moment of like, well, why aren't we having sex? Because this, this, and this. When you have sex conversations, I feel like it's almost always better to do it in a in a in a non-sexual setting like when you're driving in the car together you're out to eat together something like that where it's not like hey we're talking about something that you just did that disappointed me there's a little bit of like okay. and dude the pre-sex conversation would be worse talk about giving yourself like stage fright right right and i think a lot of people make that mistake of like either immediately performance anxiety is a real thing or when they're or when they're expecting sex that's when they bring up sex bring up sex and when when you have no expectations when you have no chance of actually doing it maybe that way you can have that conversation a little more openly uh, trick number two here to having better sex this year is uh, let your freak flag fly. They say here, talk about your fantasies. We talk about this a lot when we bring up sex and like how to have better sex. And like, of course, you should be open and honest about the things that you're that, that you're interested in. Now, look, we all have two that we're not telling anybody, including the people that we live with, right? Because what we don't want to do is get thrown out of the place where we live with those people. Everybody's got two. Everybody's got like, like dude, my girlfriend knows everything I want to do except for those two things. Everybody does that, right? But you should be a little bit more open and honest because if you're not, you're not going to get what you want. They're not going to get what they want. And sooner or later, you're both just going to end up sleeping with somebody else. And then you're both going to be sad. And uh, with that being said, you have a, a, a responsibility on the other side of the coin there of when your partner does come to you with, you know, something they've thought about, something they fantasized about. It doesn't necessarily mean like, yo, I actually want to do this, but it's something that like I want to explore and I want to. But again, men, I can't guarantee you when a woman is sincere and open and honest about what her her desires are in the bedroom. What a man hears, what most men are going to hear is, my penis is too small. Right. I'm not lasting long enough right. in bed. Ron Jeremy needs to sell me those those make my D pills bigger. Like that's exactly that's what guys think, and that's not it. Like, but our self esteem is so intertwined with our penis and our balls and like that whole section of things that it's like if you threaten that at all men get really defensive about it and you shouldn't it's just somebody who you're in a partnership with who's telling you this is how we get better as a partnership and i I don't think there's anything wrong with that but i can't but i'll be honest i mean i've been there where it's like a woman kind of sat me down and was like yo man like everything's great but i kind of would like us to see us and i was like oh no am i not doing it right oh my god is she going to leave me and i got like a little in my head about it and you can't do that the third thing and this sounds very sad to me but i'm single i don't have children i don't have a, you know a million things to worry about outside of like whatever is selfishly on my plate but they say here plan ahead for sexy time and i just i like i don't have kids so i don't understand this okay but to me that sounds i don't want to call it sad But I'm going to call it sad. Like, it sounds to me like, all right, well, Wednesday at 9, we'll get Randy. Like, doesn't that take some of the fun out of it? Um, If that's the only avenue that you're going down, yes. But if there comes to be a point where it's like, hey, we do need to kind of do this. We do need to kind of set the time aside. Then I understand it. I mean, if that's if that's like if that's the bread, you know, the bread and butter of your sexual life is that you guys have a very strict and regimented sex schedule. That's probably not going to turn out the best. You do feel like you're kind of filling a contract there. 
But I do understand, especially like at certain times where it's like you can do the, hey, Saturday night at 7 o'clock, you better not be wearing any clothes. Now, what they say is it builds desire. Yeah, yeah. And I've done that with my girlfriend before where it's like, hey, Sunday afternoon, you're getting it. Sunday afternoon, I'll tell her that on Friday, and I'll be like, Sunday afternoon. That doesn't mean we're not going to have sex Friday night. Dude, if I tell tell a girl Friday night, you better be ready Sunday (laughs) afternoon. I'm writing checks my ass can't cash. I have no idea if I'm going to want sex Sunday afternoon. I'm 40. Like, I might might wake up Sunday (laughs) afternoon and be like, do you kidding me? I'd rather watch the Browns than take your panties off. All right, there you are. There's the, there's the three tips to better sex. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Right around the corner is Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. Get a little look at uh, the coaching vacancies around the NFL. Uh, we are keeping our head coach, our front office, staying the course. Talk to Scott about that. And again, 8.30 is when you get hooked up with those WWE tickets that are coming back to town January 22nd at the Civic Center. We'll get you hooked up. And then 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. New Zane featuring Taylor Swift, I Don't Want to Live Forever. New George Strait, Kicked Out of Country. And then uh, Otep covering Lord, uh, the song Royals there. We'll get into all that. Um, we have been submitted some local stuff. I don't have uh, I don't have a computer at my disposal right now, so we may have to be local free. We'll get back into that next week. I appreciate uh, the submissions. You can keep sending them, stansraywrqk.com, and we'll try to get you guys on the air. Um, as legal marijuana starts to sweep the country, yeah. more and more states doing it, um, more and more weed stories start to hit mainstream. And a listener of ours found this yesterday, sent it to us. And he said, you know, I'm a little older now, so I wouldn't do any of this anymore. He's like, not the fact that I don't, you know, partake in marijuana use. He's like, I just don't find a desire to do these kind of things anymore. But, you know, while growing up and coming to the experimentation of marijuana, we definitely all did things like this. And I'm sure uh, Fantone's got some excellent stories about how this happened. I know I do. And that's when you're using a water pipe known the world round uh, as a bong except if you're in the store where you buy that you don't use that word they get really mad about it but while growing up and coming to marijuana use every circle of friends has the one friend that's like you know what man let's not use water in the bong let's put Jaeger in it and then when we're done we'll drink it and then everybody thinks it's a good idea. Guess what? Not a good idea. We did it with Jack Daniels when I was a kid. It was awful. It sounds terrible. It was awful. It sounds terrible. It's, it, it, it is terrible. Anytime you say, hey, we're going to drink something out of a bong, that's a terrible decision. I had a buddy in college who didn't even like put Jaeger in it. He was just like, no, I'll just drink the just bong, bong water. water. Yeah. Why are you doing that? <laughs> it's not getting you any higher. What are you, do, what are you doing? Yeah, that's a, it's, uh, that won't do that, right? No, dude. That's why you can't make weed tea. It's, it's, not, it's not water soluble, right? Yeah. You, you, it just doesn't work like that. So you, I don't know why you think drinking bong water is going to make you high. Stupid. Because you're high. <laughs> well, and because you're in college, you don't have any money. You're like, dude, I, yeah, I'll get higher if I drink this. So, according to Herb.com. There you go. <laughs> there, these, are the, these are the water alternatives that you should try in your bong. Okay. Okay. Hot tea. They say here this is a creative alternative to water. Make some hot tea. Something with flavor, such as orange, peach, or lemon, they say. Uh... Having hot water in the bong gives a whole new experience and much smoother hits. 
Make sure that the water is hot when you put it in there for a hot smoking experience. Now, that goes the other way. No, most people, at least what I've always heard is, let's put ice cubes in it. We'll make it super cold. And that's yeah. that, that'll be the thing. I've never yeah. heard about trying to put something hot in there. I've put hot water in bongs before. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it, at that point, it's, it's a little bit like, what do I want to say? Like you're breathing out of a, um, uh, uh, like a... Vaporizer, like a, uh, oh, okay. you know what I mean, like a, a humidifier. It's like it's like you're getting that rush of like hotness in you. I, I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever tried that. Yeah, you got an open afternoon. They also, <laughs> yeah, I do got an open afternoon. In you're hot right. Water, yeah. You can Can't play this. golf today. You're right. I got, I got a lot of free time. They say cranberry juice is a good alternative to water in your bong. Uh, they say it's been a popular alternative among stoners for quite a while now. I've never heard of this, so it couldn't have been that popular. Uh, the, it, it definitely affects the taste of the uh, the hit you take. Yeah, it's more effective if it's fresh and ice cold. They say, and they say that the acidity of the cranberries keep your bong cleaner. And uh, cranberries are jam packed with vitamin C, and smoking with cranberry juice helps you get some of that oh, goodness no, in your no. body. They claim. No. Now this no, is herb.com. So no, again, I don't know the science behind smoking cranberries. You're not getting any vitamins out of taking bong rips of cranberry water. I wouldn't think so, but I don't. I'm not a scientist. I don't have a lab coat. Ne- I don't know. Neither is herb.com. <laughs> you don't think they have one on stage? I don't think so. Uh, Gatorade, another water alternative for your bong. Uh, they say uh, using Gatorade does not get you more hydrated with electrolytes. It's just a good option if you want a flavor other than bong in your mouth. Gatorade comes in a lot of different flavors, and so they say you can do that. Orange and lemon peels. They say after eating an orange or a lemon, scrape the peels into the water of your bong. It adds a wonderful citrus taste. It is also really good for keeping your bong clean. Now, let me... All right, for those people who were weed unaware, okay... Losers, what are you guys doing with your lives? Not smoking dope every day? Come calling on. us losers. Come That's on. what they're doing with their day. Calling, Come on. Going to work, being productive members of society, <laughs> calling you and I losers. That's what they're doing. Being accurate all day <laughs> is what they're doing. But for those of you that are weed unaware, really good marijuana tastes like fruit already. Right? Like when you get re- like a bag of really good post-show, isn't it like almost like citrusy tasting almost the way it is already i'm not sure so i don't know why the peels and all that stuff like that would be appealing like when weed is really really good the taste of it is what you want it's that you don't want to botch that all up that's why a lot of people get mad at blunts because what really what blunts was was a way to mask the taste of horrible weed and now people are putting like dank weed in there it's like dude you're kind of wasting that well we're getting a little too far down the rabbit hole on that uh you wine snobs apparently putting wine in the bong is a good idea they say they can be used to, as an alternative to the bong water for those wine fanatics out there. It's better to choose wine that has a lower alcohol content because THC is soluble in alcohol and you risk losing some of the content in the wine. And then the last one here is Kool-Aid. You should put Kool-Aid in the bong. No, you should put Kool-Aid in your kid's glass and send them outside to play so you can hit your bong. That's what you do there. All these things, you're just going to end up with a really messy bong. And that's why I don't put stuff in it. And that's why I've never been like, oh, dude, we got to put stuff in it. Because what are you going to do? I mean, like, you, you empty it out and then it's all sticky on the inside from Gatorade. That's terrible. I, uh, I got to be honest with you. I own a bong. And honestly, I think that was a Christmas present from you, was oh, it? Oh, oh. Was it not a couple of years ago? I believe so. And, uh, dude, I'll be honest with you. 
over this last year, I put that thing in hiding. I <laughs> put it away. I was like, you know, and not a New Year's resolution or anything. But I was like, man, this thing is ruining afternoons. Well, and it tears through a bag. You know what I mean? Or I hear is what it does. But uh, yeah, bongs are a special occasion. You know what I mean? Special occasion. Yeah, not uh, Monday at 1230. <laughs> you know, I was doing a lot of Mondays at 1230 with that thing. I had to put it away. It's in the back of the closet. Uh, like some people say, my sexuality. We have Scott from Waiting for Next Year. Yeah, we uh, we'll talk to him about the Browns State of the Union next. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Joined uh, now on loan to us from WaitingForNextYear.com is Scott, executive editor over there. Uh, my man, Happy New Year. Thank you uh, for joining us. How are you this morning? Doing well. New Year, new... Uh you know, I guess you turn the turn the page, and then you're supposed to have new resolutions and all kinds of crap. But yeah, I'm you, doing all right, man. It's it's dreary, but the Browns are done, so we're all we're all winners. Did you make a New Year's resolution, Scott? No, you know, and I I try to do the whole. Oh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to, and then it lasts like four weeks, right. and this time it didn't even start yet. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, dude, losing weight's really not your issue. That's more my thing. Like, uh, you know, you're pretty spelt there, Scott. Yeah, yeah, I, I could use a little work. All right, well, let's not turn this into the dating game. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, uh, I, I do want to talk to you about a couple of things. There's a lot going on. Um, I, I want to start with Ohio State and the bowl games and college football. I know it's not totally your end of the world, um, but people are asking me, and so I would assume maybe you've heard rumors. Is there going to be a change at offensive coordinator for uh, uh, for the Buckeyes? I believe they'll do something. I don't know if it'll be a wholesale change uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, a lot of times when you do that, um, you know, the offensive coordinator is going to want his own coaches, you know, at that on the line, at the receiver position, oh, the running back, that, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I don't know if it'll be a wholesale change, but I do know they need to figure something out. Um, you know, Doug Lee Marie from the, from the Plain Dealer had a really – you know he didn't. He didn't really pull out of punches after after that game against Clemson. Saying, "Listen, I know they're I know they're a year away from where they, you know, they they were essentially a year ahead, right? I mean, this this group lost so many players to the NFL draft last year that it's Five. they're so young. So for them to be where they were this year was kind of a you know house money in a way. But if they're going to compete offensively against the defenses like Clemson, against a defense like Alabama." Um, you know, USC is young, and they're looking very good. Yeah, they, you know, they came back, obviously, last night against Penn State. They're going to be in the was a great game. in the discussion next year. So there's going to be a lot of really good teams, and it's not like they're going to just be standing around and Ohio State's going to get a chance to get better. Like, a lot of teams are going to get better. And so if they're going to compete offensively, um, and they can't just rely on JT Barrett, Curtis Samuel, they got to figure out a way to get everybody else involved. But there's a lot of... A lot of times, receivers were just kind of standing around, blanketed by coverage, and that defensive line tore up the Ohio State offensive line. And that was kind of the bane of Ohio State's existence throughout the season was that O-line up until that that, that home stretch here. So they'll do something. I just don't know what it'll be. I thought personally that the, the the Buckeyes were a year, if not two, away from really being competitive. So I kind of viewed their run this year as like, I'll take whatever I get out of it because I feel like it's a little early. And you never want to get blown out. Like I and I can't believe Urban Meyer got blown out and uh, like it got, I mean they didn't score. I can't believe that happened to Urban Meyer in a bowl game. But I still feel very optimistic about what's going on down in Columbus with the Buckeyes. I really do. Yeah, well you can't. I mean. 
they're not going to blow up the, the the program, right? You know, because they because they lost the bowl game. No, your um, traditional power. I mean, you can't. You know, do that. but it is it it does take it does force you to kind of take a step back though and realize you know Urban had a month to prepare for this game, right? You know, that offense had a month to prepare, and you know the reason the Buckeyes were favored was because they had Urban Meyer and they had. You know, you, you can really never count him out in that kind of situation. I mean, you saw what they did with Cardale Jones a couple of years right. back. <clears throat> but this year just did not go as, I think, anyone in Columbus planned. And they'll have to uh, do a bit of regrouping uh, heading into next year. Before we get on to the Browns, I'm going to put them off on the back burner here. Um, one of the things you were really excited about since the last time we talked to you is that the Tribe has made a huge sign with Encarcion. You've got to be pumped about this, right? Like, you just got to be ecstatic about this. Yeah, um, oh, no, maybe part not. of me wonders if it's it, – well, so I, I don't know, and, they, and the team won't say it because they mishandled it so poorly this past year. I hope it's not a sign that uh, Michael Brantley is worse than, you know, than, than anyone's willing to admit at this point. Oh, I never thought That they went and made the huge signing to kind of overcompensate for that. But that said, you know, the, easily the biggest stat on the free agent market, um, the right-handed uh, – Good contact, decent in the field. Uh, you know, he doesn't, doesn't strike out a ton, so you don't have that potential, you know, aging decline like you had, you know, with, with Swisher. You possibly potentially saw it with Napoli towards the end of last year. Um, he's going to be a great piece in the middle of that order. And, you know, uh, Mike Hattery over at Waiting for Next Year wrote a really good piece saying the, the price was so good on him that even if he, if, if his third or fourth year with the Indians is one where he's not worth the money, he should do so well the next year or two that it'll it'll create such a surplus that it'll that it'll work out in the Indians' favor. So if you're wow. saying their their time to, to to contend is now, given where all the contracts line up for the pitching staff and and arbitration, you know, being put off for guys like Francisco Lindor, I mean, he's a, he's a huge piece. And I know it's kind of cheesy because the Cavs use the all in thing, but the Indians are definitely all in for 2017. Yeah, you bring up a good point with Brantley, and at least they're doing yeah, something. I never thought though. of that. But whether whether that is or is not the case, like you know, they're doing something to compensate for that. So whether it's an overcompensation yeah, or not, RG three it. At least they're doing something there. And I mean, it's hard to believe, but we're like six weeks out from pitchers and catchers reporting. Jeez. Like, I mean, it's not far off at Dude, all. Dude, you know what I just heard? We're like six weeks out from outdoor golf. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. All right, now the story of the day, buddy. Um, yesterday, Black Monday in the NFL. And this is the exact reason all year long while I said you need to wrap your arms around Hugh Jackson and we need to hold on to him as tight as we can. Look at all the job openings that are open right now. People are saying Houston's job opening might be open, even though they're going to the playoffs. Bill O'Brien might be out. We already know that Chip Kelly out in San Francisco. We know Mike McCoy out in San Diego. Um, there was like six of these. I, I don't have a Kubiak. computer. Kubiak yeah. stepping down, not fired, stepping down, doing health issues. There's jobs. The Rams' job is right. open. There's jobs out there right now. So if you fired Hugh Jackson right now and you're one of eight, seven, eight teams, who in the hell are you going to get? That's always been my thing about Hugh Jackson is people, you can question his coaching all you want, but you're not going to get anybody better than Hugh right now, right? Because well, of all yeah, the Yeah, well, the thing is, too, don't forget, Dan, San Francisco wanted Hugh Jackson. And, oh, and then he, he comes to Cleveland, so they go, okay, well, Chip Kelly it is. And then one year later, he's out the door. So, Which I think was a little you know, that foolish. That was a big thing that you know we talked about for a while. Like it wasn't it wasn't hiring Pat Shermer or hiring Eric Mangini. This was a guy who was in demand, you know, by by legitimate you know NFL teams, and that that you know you, you do need to keep him around because the the the, the, the you know the the, uh, the 
the magnitude of positions that are out there and the, and the, like the history of the Niners, for instance, and two potential jobs being in L.A. if, if, the, if the Chargers move. You know, there's rumors that Sean Payton might head to L.A., which would create an opening in New Orleans, right. which would be a, a, a better offense for Hugh Jackson to run. I mean, there's a lot of places that he could be a lot more successful. Uh, but even listening to him yesterday, you know, he's, he's in this. And he, you know, he, he, he owns that 1-15. in 15. And, you know, while I wish they would, you know, put RG3 in his place a little bit and say, listen, you didn't prove many doubters wrong, even though you're saying you did, um, you know, I, I do think keeping him here and keeping this unit intact, at least for the next year or two, is, is very, very important to the long-term success. Yeah, that's ridiculous to think that RG3 proved anybody wrong, no, other than the fact of maybe... Two games. Right, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> right. is that you could get through one game. I mean, sure, you proved people wrong on that, but that's, that's absolutely ridiculous to say that he proved doubters wrong. Um, is there any way at all that we, as a Cleveland Browns fan base, can look at the 2016 football season and say, alright, here was our win, here was our success, here was, here was how we got better? Is there any silver lining to this? Only if they re-sign Jamie Collins and Terrell Pryor. If you know, if this if if anything came out of this season, it was that it allowed Terrell Pryor to prove he could be a legitimate option in the receiving game, and it allowed this team to get a core linebacker who was who was going to be a free agent that they wouldn't have been able to obtain in the free in the free market. You know, now they can franchise him if they need to. You know, you wouldn't have been able to do that if if the if the Patriots just let him go to the to the un, uh, unrestricted, you know, market. So you know, those to me are the two wins. You could say Emmanuel Ogbon, Corey Coleman, you know, kind of had flashes of brilliance. Um, you know, Carl Nassib, player. You know, got a lot of rookies like that showed showed signs, but they need 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 to re-sign Terrell Pryor and and Jamie Collins to make this season have any sort of silver lining because if they let those two go in addition to what you know happened on the field there, there's there's very little in the way of redeeming quality for that of this one in 15 year we're talking to scott from waiting for next year.com i personally think jamie collins is gone i don't think you'll see him get re-signed by the browns um i i don't know i don't have any like inside info i just it's just a gut feeling i have on that i i think personally uh for me i i'll take away a little bit of um I mean, not like anything was great with this Brown season, but Isaiah Corral, a little bit of a bright spot. Duke Johnson, a little bit of a bright spot. Corey Coleman, um, it, it feels like there might be some stuff there. And I, mean, I know he got hurt, didn't play every game, but if he gets, you know, if he stays healthy next year, there might be there might be some stuff here, right? Yeah, I mean, when you, when you look at some of the rookie receivers, right? You know, Malcolm Mitchell in New England, right? Michael Thomas, you know, former Buckeye in in, in New Orleans. You know, they, they obviously, Sterling Shepard in, in, with the Giants, they obviously had very, very, very good seasons compared to Corey Coleman. They also had the same quarterback throwing them the ball Every throughout game. the entire right. year and, and were able to build a rapport with people and were able to, you know, establish a relationship with some of these guys. So I think given the hand Corey Coleman was dealt, I think it is way too early to judge, you know, that, that drastic. Um, but I know I agree. You know, Crowell's another potential free agent, I believe. That they would need to, you know, keep here if they if they wanted to. And he definitely, you know, you could talk about how easy it is for players to give up in a year like this. He was one of the players who you could tell from the, you know, at the very end was still trying to 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 win football games for this team. And I, I almost don't even blame him for that fumble, you know, against Pittsburgh because they shouldn't even been running a play there. They should have took they should have took the knee and kicked a field goal. Um, but you know, it's the, you know, it's the way that he was able to, you know 
churning his legs, all the yardage after contact, a lot of that stuff. That kid had goals coming into this season. And, uh, you know, it was good to see him, you know, take what he was given and, and kind of do that. But, yeah, I mean, but when you can handpick five or six players off a 53-man roster – you know, it wasn't it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best year. No, it was not. And I think that's one of the reasons, though. You talk about how Isaiah Coral didn't give up and this and that. It's another reason why I keep you. Like they were a bad team. They knew they were a bad team, but they fought week in and week out. I mean, they were in games. They they were. I mean, I, you can't call it competitive, but they were in games. They played hard. There was effort. It didn't look like the locker room gave up on their their leadership. The best one in fifteen team ever. Ever. The best one in fifteen team ever. The best jerseys too. And colors of a one in fifteen team ever. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think I don't think they gave up Dan just to pile on there really quick. I don't if, think if, so. If you saw that video after that Chargers game, right? They were. I mean, Joe Thomas was in tears, and they they gave the game ball to the coach and said thanks for not giving up on us and all that stuff. I, I you know, you could probably handpick a couple veterans who might not be here next season, who you know, cost Joe Hayden, who who may have not had the best you know attitude you know throughout the year. But I, but I do think, a lot, especially a lot of those younger guys who are fighting for their jobs, and we've talked about the whole Joe season. Pack. You know, there's there's something. They're, they're, they all have something to play for when they're on those they're on those unrestricted deals, and uh, you know, a lot of these unrestricted free agents and undrafted free agents, you know, they're they're just pretty much on spec, and if they don't play, they're gone. And especially in the NFL, where contracts aren't guaranteed, so they they have to play. And so that was the one thing I think you could take away. You know that Hugh did not lose the locker room in the way a lot of other head coaches would have. I'm glad you bring up next year. I'm glad you bring up who will and who will Waiting not be here next year. Um, uh, you know, obviously, no team's ever going to come out and say that, like, "Hey, we're we're tanking and we're trying to get the number one draft pick, and that's why we're one in 15." But let's look at next year. And I mean, I know they released the schedule in the Cleveland Browns locker room in the Cleveland Browns organization. What's a realistic, successful year next year? Five and eleven. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking record, I mean, at least four or five wins. Um, but you, you, you need – you get the most gauge success on the ability to have a quarterback stay on the field for the entire year. And I know that sounds silly. But, you know, and I know it's very rare. If you look at the AFC playoff picture, you know, <laughs> the, you right. know the quarterback situation there, Ryan Tannehill is, is on the shelf. Derek Carr's on the shelf. You know, a lot of these guys, it just doesn't – it's just very hard to stay on the field for an extended period of time. But they, they need to show some sort of – Chemistry and continuity, and you know, if, and I do, but I do think you know that tail kind of wags the dog in a way where if they can keep a quarterback on the field for seven, eight straight weeks, I do think you just you just default into a couple wins there. If they add, you know, they add Miles Garrett, they add, you know, pick a say a top ten player falls to twelve, you know, they, you know they have they have four picks in the top fifty, so there's a lot of talent that's going to come to this team by the way the draft. They have a lot of cap space and a lot. There's a lot of young, unrestricted free agents out there. Guys like Eric Berry, for instance, who could easily step in and 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 just immediately have an impact on this team. So, you know, if you, if they do it right, you should be able to get four or five wins. <laughs> if they're going to kick the can to 2017 again and try to have another high draft pick and try to get that quarterback or no, whatever, no matter what they do, you know, they're then I think we're in, I, th- I think they're in for a long one, and then you're, again you're looking at two or three wins. But I do think they have the ability. To win four or five games, if, if they if they want to, if everything goes perfect, maybe they win four games. I, uh, <laughs> I let me tell you, I I do have some optimism about this next season with the Browns, and here's why: uh, because of how many draft picks they have in this draft, we'll now know next year and the year after whether or not they can evaluate talent. 
Because you have enough picks now where if you miss on first-round picks, you just don't know how to evaluate talent. You can miss on a fourth-rounder. That's going to happen. If you miss in the top ten, you just don't know what you're doing. And so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. We're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. I want to drive this point home because I saw it yesterday, or I saw it during the game on Sunday. Haven't won a game in Pittsburgh in 12 years. Ouch. Now, as we wrap up the NFL season, Ravens 8-8, eight and eight, Bengals I think were 6-9-1 and one or whatever the hell it was, and we're not competitive in that division. Where the Ravens are 8-8, eight and eight, Bengals are 6-9-1, and one, and the Browns are pulling up the rear in that division. That's crazy. That's crazy. When the second place team is 8-8 eight and eight or whatever the hell it is, that's, I, I'm, it's just crazy. I, I, they got to get better. They got to get better fast. Personally, I don't think it's next year. I think it's the year after. You'll start to see real improvement. I said it when they hired him. It's going to be three years minimum. Maximum, it'll be five. I don't think he'll make it five years if they don't get it turned around by three. That's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. My man, we will talk to you again next Monday at 8 a.m. Thanks for joining us. Sounds good, guys. Take care. We'll see we have WWE tickets, and I don't want Fantone to steal them, so no. we're going to pass them out to you next. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Under 10 minutes from right now, we get you hooked up with those WWE tickets. Uh, they're coming back to town January 22nd at the Civic Center. Pass those out just a few minutes. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need for those. And again, 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. New Zane featuring Taylor Swift. New George Strait and uh, Otep covering Lord. We'll get into that. 9 a.m. this morning. Brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park. Bell. So New Year's resolutions were a big thing this last week. I'm sure a lot of you made them. I'm sure a lot of you have already fallen off of them. I don't really do this. There is a, there's always a moment of uh, reflection uh, this time of year where I start thinking about my last year and how I would like to be better at the end of this next year. And I don't really set like a, this is my resolution, but I, I, but I am cognizant of changes I would like to make. And a big one is weight loss this time of year. Everybody seems like like this is when you're going to get into shape. Well, you can't get into shape in February. You can't get into shape in May. In you June. Can't get, no, dude, you can't do that. Now, what a lot of this is, is that it's cold right now, and people feel like, well, there's not a lot of stuff pulling me in other directions, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll go to the gym, and there's enough time while it's cold to see benefits of working out by the time summer comes around, but... More often than not, we all give up before summer gets here. Yeah, and the binge holidays are behind us. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, a lot of eating, a lot of parties, drinking, like calories. The last binge holiday left is Super Bowl, right? Probably like yeah. the last binge holiday left. Yeah, but if you're if, if if that's your mindset is like, well, dude, I just gotta wait till after the Super Bowl so I can eat an entire pizza by myself. You know what I mean? Like Thanksgiving dinner, you're like, Well, I gotta do it I'll do it. we'll start the day after Thanksgiving. That makes I, sense. You can't wait till the Super Bowl. I'm not allowed pizza until my birthday. I did kind of make that resolution. Where it's like, I'm going to try. It's hard for me to do that. It's hard. But if I cannot eat pizza till May 25th, it's kind of like a goal. Jeez. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, and the reason why I bring this up is that, to listen to this. Almost all middle-aged people are overweight. They say 83% of 40 to 60-year-olds are either overweight inactive, or we're just drinking way too much. Okay. Four-fifths are putting themselves at high risk of disease because their busy lives and desk jobs are making it hard to stay healthy. So they say here, a total of 77% of men and 63% of women are either overweight or obese, with the rate of obesity shooting up 16% in the last two decades. Yikes. That's crazy. That's a pretty high spike. Of course. And uh, they say if the waistlines and drinking habits weren't worrying enough, 
diabetes is obviously going up too as you know as weight gain is going to happen so are the diseases that come with that the figures have left health experts urging people to make changes to their lifestyles as stats have reached worrying new levels they say the demands of modern day living are taking their toll on the health of the nation and i would happen to believe that and i happen to uh, I, I do believe that and i think there is something about the fact that our jobs have become uh, more digital not ours but most people's jobs have become more digital um, and more people are sitting down at work and that kind of thing that that is probably helping leading into that um, we've seen the boom of uh, the quick service restaurants over the last 20 years. I know McDonald's and the big ones were around before that, but there's more many more options now. Chipotle gaining popularity in the last 20, and you know there's other things like that. We have more food options at us now. Um, there's also more things you can buy in the grocery store than than we've had in the last you know than the 20 years before that, um, where you know health is a problem. And uh, this is, I, I think this is a problem that we don't fix. I don't see this turning around. I don't because the problem is, is that you can shame a heroin addict. You can totally do that. And no matter what the numbers are, most people aren't doing heroin, but everybody eats. Everybody has to eat. And I don't think you're ever going to get the human being to go, you know what? Delicious stuff. I don't want it. I don't see how you do that. It's a tough, tough thing to do. I mean, you're going to have to obviously take a step back and look at big picture versus small picture in the sense of like big picture, you know, obesity is a huge problem for the country. Health costs are through the roof and they're going to continue to grow as we get fatter and fatter as we continue to grow. But that small picture of like, uh, you know, I got I had to work until 630. My kids won't stop crying. They just, you know, I don't have time to cook. Let's just go to McDonald's. Fine. I don't care. The convenience factor is going to be very hard for Americans to get over as we are like, no, if it's inconvenient, I'm not doing it. Right. I'm, no, I'm not doing that. Um, it, it's it's something that, though, it's it's a personal accountability thing. I mean, we can point at, you know, well, more restaurants and well, there's, you know, you know the double down and there's all these different things. And, and, and it is at the end of the day, it's, it's still on you not to take part in it. You're the one who's buying the food you right. eat. You're the one who's eating right. the food you eat. You're the one who's giving that food to your kids. So, it, it, you know, there's, there's a now, micro and a macro picture. Now, when, but you see what's going to happen now is everybody heard you say that. What's going to happen now is people are going to email in or tweet in or message in and say this. Well, you know, there's no dollar menu for healthy food. No. You know why? Because nobody's buying it. If we all stopped buying dollar menu food and bought healthy food, guess what happens? The demand goes up and the, and the price goes down. And people do that. Such a bunk argument. I understand there's no dollar menu for healthy foods, but if you make it a priority and you put forth some effort, you can very easily well, buy it's cheap, not, affordable, it's not even edible or, food. It's not even organic food. It's not, that's not even all that important. No. You know where most of this problem comes from? And this is purely my opinion. I could be way off on this. But my opinion on this is where I think a huge part of this comes from isn't what you're eating. It's how much of it you're eating. You can eat whatever you want. You can have pizza. You can have mayonnaise. You can have cheeseburgers. You can have tacos you can have all that stuff you just can't eat it at the rate that we do now i know all about this i emotionally eat if i'm in a great mood something great happened i want to eat to celebrate it if things are terrible i want to eat to feel better about it if i'm lonely i eat if dude eating is like my thing that's my thing and i went ham over the break and i mean ballistic and i kind of knew not that it was a new year's resolution like i'm going to the gym every day not one of those things but it was like it's part of and it's not even i don't care about my health i don't care i could die tomorrow wouldn't even would, would not matter at all to me right but what i do want 
is a better golf game, and they say you know a better uh, a better physical condition will help with that. So I was kind of like, okay, once we get back to work, once we get back into the new year, let's try to not not that it's a resolution, but let's try to at least put some effort into this to make sure we don't die of a heart attack at forty. You know what I mean? Let's try to let's try to do some of this, but I don't. I think those two cartons of ice cream I ate during the UFC fight. That's, do you ever notice it's always twos with me, dude? If if I like it, I want two of it. I don't know what it is with me, but there, there's always that. It was two pounds of potato salad, two cartons of ice cream. I just can't stop. Can't stop. Six. What was this? Hold on. I want to, I, I, I want this one number one more time. 83% of us between ages 40 and 60 are obese. That is insanity. We have WWE tickets. Let's pass those out right now. Caller 15 at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to the WWE and Fantone. My people, the singles, are under attack. And we'll give you that story next. Hang on. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. You know, the audience doesn't think I can make it till May without pizza. There's like, there's no way. This woman wrote in. She was like, my birthday's in March. There's no way I'll make it to even March. It's like, I eat pizza weekly. There's no way you can do this. Well, I think, you know, and certainly with you, you're a, you're a pizza-holic enthusiast. Yes. To say the least. Yes. Um, Sometimes I, I'll order pizza from two different places at the same time, so I have variety while watching football. Jeez. Um, but I, 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 I think, once ordered pizza from four different places in the same day. I think you made the point of a little bit of a, you know, as long as you don't overindulge, you can have a piece of pizza. But I, I can't. That's but that's just it. I can't trust myself with pizza. Like I talk about this a little bit. Like I can go get like a fast food cheeseburger and splurge for like a cheat meal. And then that'll be it. Like I won't want another one of those tomorrow. Taco Bell and pizza, like if I have that, it's over for two weeks. I'm just down the rabbit hole and it's like, well, might as well keep eating it. Like there's something about those two things that I just can't, can't. can't I'm never going to be like, oh, you know what you should do is have one of those diet pizzas. You know, people are like, oh, well, especially right now. Oh, I'm going to share this video about how you can make pizza with cauliflower. And I'm like, no, that's what are you doing? Don't don't do that. But dude, just go get a single slice from Napoli's. And and, and what is what? First of all, what the hell is a single slice? I didn't even know. Is that that is that new? I didn't never even heard of that. And dude, it's like I, I equate this to smoking, right? Like, you know, people are like, you know, have the cauliflower pizza. That You know what that is? That's vaping. That's what vaping is. You didn't quit uh, your vaping. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and, it's, and, and I don't want to do that. I'm a, I'm a, you know, you put that down type of dude. Like I did with the cigarettes. Speaking of which, we're coming up on four years. I'm going to get all up on my soapbox about that in a few weeks. Boy, nothing better than when a, uh, than a radio host quits doing a drug and then wants to talk about it. <laughs> You know, I never put it through that filter. You know, I never did that. Nothing but good stuff in the radio world. Well, the good news is I still do all the drugs. I just don't smoke cigarettes. All right. We did a lot of talking this last year about things that are appropriate for people my age without a companion to do. Right. Uh, this got big around October with uh, you know, the haunted houses. I kept saying, dude, are people my age allowed to go to haunted houses? That feels weird, feels strange, doesn't feel like what you should be doing. Especially not as a single man, a single 40-year-old man. Right. <laughs> feels like you're going straight to jail after <sighs> that. Don't yeah. pass go. No <sighs> 200 bucks. Here are the cuffs. That's the way that feels to me. And there, there, we. I, and I know there's been a couple of other examples of this throughout the year. I'm failing to, to think of another zoo. One. We've talked about yeah. that before. Yeah. The zoo, Fair. Uh, uh, anything that anything that you know is 
normally a friendly a family affair. Anything right. you can, I could go with my girlfriend to the zoo and it's fine because we're holding hands and we're in love. If I go there by myself, all of a sudden it's like, what are you doing? Why are you looking at my kid, man? What are you doing? It's like, all right, like if I went to the movies this afternoon and I went and saw the new Disney cartoon by myself, yeah. parents are going to be like, bro, what is up with yeah. that? Right? And as maybe you should. Now, LA is looking to take this a step further. And I couldn't believe this when I read this. But city councilman Mitch O'Farrell has proposed barring adults who don't have children with them from entering the city's playgrounds. They say it's an effort to keep the city parks free of creepy activity. Now, we all want to ban creepy activity away from our children, right? I can understand that desire. I get that. I'm with you in that fight. Okay, but people are naysayers of this aren't sure that this is going to do that. And what O'Farrell is proposing goes far beyond targeting worrisome activities. They say here it would bar any adult from sitting on a bench, exercising or otherwise enjoying the public space, uh, the, the public space near the playground unless he or she, the adult, brought a child along. This feels, I get the desire. I do. I understand it. But it feels very New World Order to me. Oh, very much so. I'm afraid of something, therefore take away everyone's rights. I don't care. Just protect me from this, protect me from this, protect me from this. And I don't care what I have to give up as long as my kid's not getting touched by by some creepy dude at the, at the, at the park. O'Farrell, the city councilman who proposed this, says he was uh, inspired to do so after... A bunch of uh, parents in Hollywood had complained that their local park had been taken over by drug dealers. Now, that is a true thing. Sure. Like, parks and playgrounds and stuff are feeding grounds for drug dealers. Any public area is going to have, you know, a, a potential for that to happen. So, sure, yeah, that's a thing. But I feel a little persecuted against. Now, I will admit that there are... Okay, I live downtown. And right outside of downtown, there are a couple of playgrounds. Sure. Okay? And I have thought about playing basketball in those playgrounds, but there's always kids... And I'm like, I know parents are going to be looking out their window going, what is that old, out of shape? You, dude, you're not out there for the exercise. You're trying to pick up my kid. Right. Like I, right. I know that's what people are going to think. If Quinn Cook's shooting hoops there, at least it's like, all right, well, that guy plays basketball. Stansbury's shooting hoops there. Yeah, that's going to be a completely different story. Good point. The round mound that never got a rebound <laughs> is going to be out there, and you're going to be suspicious of it. Right, right. You know what I mean? But I think this is this is where my people, the singles, the not wanting kidsers, where we get persecuted we do a little bit because people just automatically assume you're harmful if oh my god nobody married you you must be a serial killer or a rapist i mean that's how people look at you now obviously basketball court or even a baseball field might be a little bit but different. if you're 40 and on the slides or the swings right. I, I mean i'm a little worried about you right we're talking about like the playground here we're talking about like you know where there's a bunch of kids and there's no real reason for an adult to be there and listen, I by no stretch am I like saying no, this is what we should do, but I, I definitely understand why while while, you know, as not I'm not a parent, but from a parent's perspective, I can understand, yeah, I would be a little upset if you were using the playground equipment or even just sitting there watching the kids. Like, I remember my buddy was a photographer. And so he was obsessed with like anytime I got a new camera, he just wanted to hit the streets and take pictures, right? That's what they do. Right. That's what you know photographers do. Right. And so the one day we were all hanging out, and he was like, stop the car. And there were a bunch of kids playing in a playground. 
And, you know, photographers and artists and stuff, they see stuff that we don't, right? And so he gets out of the car and he starts framing the shots. He starts taking the pictures or whatever. And parents ran up to us and we never thought about it. And they ran up to us and were like, what are you doing? You can't take pictures of our kids. What's the matter with you? And we stopped. We were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That is probably not the best thing to do. But yeah, you can. I mean, you're out in public. You can't assume that you're not going to have to deal with things like a, a creep or something like that. It's up to you as a parent to be there for your kids. And if they are in a harmful situation, you got to remove them from it, from it. This to me feels like, and I can't believe nobody mentioned this in the article. It feels very anti-homeless to me. And it feels like that's what you're really trying to do is push the homeless out away from the parks, which, again, I can understand the desire to do that because I think that that probably keeps your kids safer. Right. I, I'm totally by, I'm totally behind that. But why is it you as a family deserve more use of the park than me as a homeless person? You, that doesn't that doesn't I, doesn't equate. But I understand. But I understand the desire there. It's not necessarily, the, you know, the best attitude, but I understand that desire. But that feels like what they're really trying to do. And aren't we really when we make laws like this, aren't all we're we're doing is creating more police work that they really shouldn't have to do and that we actually need them doing the jobs that they're already doing. Yeah, but if some dude's sitting there watching your kids, you know... Yeah, but you can call the with, cops for that. Well, right, but uh, what's the cop going to do? You know what I'm saying? Well, uh, no, there's no law against sitting there at a park yeah, watching that's kids. True. So, uh, you know, it's easy for us to look at it from a perspective without children versus if this were our kids, I think we might be in a different oh, situation. Oh, you'd be scared to death and this is how they get this stuff. This is You're exactly right. This is exactly how they, how they back door laws. They tell you that your kids are going to get raped and you go, nope, don't want that. And you vote for stuff without thinking about it. You're right. I'm not, I don't like, it feels very new world order to me and I feel persecuted against and I don't like it. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know if you guys have heard, but being a straight, white, heterosexual male is tough. It is. It's tough. It is. How are you going to get by? Who knows? I need that kid privilege. That's what I need. I need kid. I hear about white privilege. I need that kid privilege. Just Totally kidding, honestly, there. Uh, if you're an adult and you don't have a child with you, I think staying out of the place. It's not parks. That's the important part. It's do You can totally go to the park. It's the playground. And again, I don't know what the hell you're doing at the playground. Go to the gym if you're looking to get exercise. The playground is where eight-year-olds do that. Go to the gym like every other adult. We'll be right back to start New Turd Tuesday next. Hang on. Turd Tuesday. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Online for you, WRQK.com. Uh... Again, I would tell you what is posted up at WRQK.com, but I have worked this entire morning, this entire broadcast, without computers at my disposal, so I don't know what's up What's up there. Uh, you know, I told you about the video earlier, the eight-year-old who had a stripper come to his birthday oh, party. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, the iSyst pop video. Oh, I'm going to watch that, too. I love gross porn. And a smoking hot blonde chick, so no matter what you like, we got you covered there. WRQK.com. I like those, too. Yeah. A little bit of a dating rut. I'm a, is that one of the New Year's resolutions? Maybe stands very fine. A little bit of love, a little bit of nah. happiness. No, nah, no, no such thing. Don't All buy right. it. All right. Hey, uh, no, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like the more you focus on that stuff, the less likely you are to. Two years ago, you were going to find the future, yeah. Mrs. Stansbury. That didn't work out. No, met a girl that year. Thought no. I thought I had circled the drain. No. And then no, 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 not that whole thing there. Um, dude, whatever. You know, honestly, this is probably the time right now where it's like, you know, I don't want to be like New Year, New Me, but there's probably a little bit of like, hey, I should uh, spend the next month, two, three months before the uh, weather breaks and kind of try to get my ducks in a row. And then once you know springtime comes around, the meat market gets going. Women nah. start wearing less clothes. Disagreed. No, and here's why. Okay, and it's because I'm selfish, oh, and well, it's because, right. dude. 
come spring and summer, I don't want a girlfriend. I want to play golf. Oh, yeah. I, I, dude, I want to spend every waking moment that I don't have to spend working on the program, which if you can call this work, I don't really. <laughs> but if you want to call yeah. this work. But it, every waking moment I don't have on that, dude, I, dude, I got I got a handicap to worry about. Not making, not putting babies in it. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Dude, All right. That's fair. I got, dude, I got a handicap to yeah, worry that's about. That's fair. Time now for New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park there. If you're unaware or just new to the program, here's what we do. We take three songs, play them for you, judge them, and uh, we bar no formats here. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we normally stay within these three lanes. Though. People always say, you always say you don't bar any formats, but you never play any like you know house music. Right, because nobody's singing in it, and most people find that to be unlistenable noise. That's why. Well, and, you know, it's not like, dude, no matter what it is, we're going to play it. We're not playing Norwegian death metal either. So, like, just because we're not playing your favorite thing, just chill out. You're going to be fine. But occasionally some Norwegian death metal. Norwegian death metal. Oh, you know, I actually had beef back in the day with, I believe they're Norwegian, Dimmu Borgir. Oh, yeah. I had huge beef with them. Yeah. It was all over MTV. The whole thing was like a big deal. Sharon Osbourne called me a dick on television. It was like a whole big problem. Uh, but I hate that band. Anyway, moving forward. Um, so we play a kind of all formats here and we kind of do, you know, we kind of do stick in the, in, in the big three though, a little top 40, little country, and then, uh, you know, uh, some rock music there. Uh, because eventually rock 1069 should play some eventually. <laughs> So we're going to start this week's episode with uh, Zane, and you told me earlier this morning, and I remembered it because it's important to my life, that Zane was a One Directioner. Yes, he was in One Direction, okay, which was a wildly successful teen group. And then he was also one uh, one of the 3,000 people that banged Taylor Swift in like the last three years. Correct. And they have teamed up together for apparently Zane's got like a solo project now, Yep. and uh, Taylor Swift joined him for a song, and it's called I Don't Want to Live Forever. Oh, I wonder if it's going to sound like the 1980s. Hmm. I bet a little. Hmm. I bet partially. Now, for a guy that doesn't know anything about One Direction, it seems to me like those boy band type groups... There's like one dude who has like real ability, and then the other dude just has like a bad boy haircut. Oh yeah, I <laughs> and mean, so like, is he like the part of One Direction, or is there is there another Timberlink in that band we're gonna hear about? As far as I know, this is the Justin. That's Timberlake. the guy. Okay, all right. It's not like the band broke up; he just left them. So once that happens, oh. you know. Dude. Does One Direction have a song? Like, would I know a One Direction song? Oh, yeah, for sure. Hold on. I just don't know the names of them. It's one of those things, as but if I heard as, it, I would know as it. As soon as you heard it, can, you would Do we have, like, a big One Direction hit let so me, I can uh, have some frame of reference? Let me, let me see what we got in the One Direction here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know they make teenage girls scream at the top of their lungs. Story of my life, you're going to know. Story uh, of my life. Okay, I, I do know. All right, I didn't know that was One Direction, but yeah, I do know that song. Best song ever was pretty big, too. If you heard it, you know. Okay. The story of my life, I do know that song. All right, so here we go. So here we go. Back to Zane featuring Taylor Swift, I Don't Want to Live Forever. Man, it sounds like a departure from what he was doing in one. And I guess that's probably why he wanted to leave, right? Well, if I just got kicked in the balls and was singing like that, I wouldn't want to live forever either. Falsetto's hot now. It is. It's It's big right now. Uh, 
what I'm worried is going to happen with this Zane dude is the same thing that happened with Timberlake and me, where it was like you didn't want to admit that you liked the kid from NSYNC, but all of a sudden it was like, damn, dude, you get him out of that kind of stuff, and next thing you know, he can do it. Oh, dude, if you're too cool for Timberlake, you can go f off a little bit. Like he's a very talented musician. You can go, dude, he's a gay pop singer. Sure, dude. Okay, well, dude, nobody, nobody is ever too cool for a denim suit. <laughs> <laughs> She's just the best, dude. She has a deeper voice than he does, for sure. Like, she sings an octave down from him there. She's the best, dude. What'd you give him? The herpes that John Mayer gave to you? I uh, is that what you is that what you gave him? I agree with you, Taylor Swift. Very talented. I'm a I'm, I'm a fan of her. There's no question about She's it. She's the best. Um, good singer, good songwriter, able to do multiple formats. That's great. But the thing I'll say about Taylor Swift oh, is, no. and dude, I would I'm, I'm not trying to say she's not hot or I wouldn't bang her or anything like that. Too skinny for my personal taste. Even even beyond what she looks like physically, when she puts sexy on, it's not a natural fit for her. You know how some chicks just like ooze sexuality. Yeah, those are called whores. Well, I Taylor, mean, <laughs> Taylor's. Like a decent chick. No, she's not. We just talked about she had sex with 300 celebrities in the past three years, dude. No, she's not. She yeah, just, I guess. There's, there's, there's some people who just have that nat- natural sexual charisma. Taylor Swift is not one of them. She's not. She has to. She has to try to be sexy. She has to try to be attractive. She has to try to be those like. She's a little nerdy models. for the sexy. It's just, it's not her thing, and she does it, and she does it well. Like Britney could, like she put the right. sexy on really easy. Right. It's who she was. That was like a natural thing. Taylor Swift is not. Not that kind of sexy. She's just not. Okay, you know, I never thought about it like that. But for me, it's more about her talent than the way she looks or wanting to have sex with her. I don't always love falsetto, but I don't always hate it. But dude, just get the weekend to do it. Yeah, just get the weekend and Taylor Swift together and make a huge record. A huge something else too, probably. A good-looking baby, I bet. It's just, I feel like I'm all I'm doing is waiting for the song to get ready to go. Just waiting for the song to be over. I'm, doing right I'm just, now. dude, just waiting, just waiting for it to get ready to go. But these dudes who leave these bands, they always get me. You know who else got me was Nick Jonas got me oh, yeah. with that jealous song. Oh, yeah. That song totally got me. And so, like, I know this idiot, this Zane dude's gonna get me with like two songs off this album. And next thing I know, I'm gonna be like, dude, I gotta tell you, One Direction's not the worst. I know it's gonna happen to me. Without Taylor Swift, this is a terrible piece of trash record. And it's not that much better with her. Without her, this is a major flop. Really, you don't like it at all, huh? No, dude. This is this has been excruciating. I feel like the last four minutes, I'm just like, God, be over. Stretch. Maybe the last four hours, I've been like, God, I just want it to be over. I need to go back on vacation. First day back. <laughs> I want out of here. Taylor Swift, they never coming ha- back home, bro. She's gone. Ask Ed Sheeran, ask John Mayer, 
Ask any one of the other thousand celebrities she was linked to. A ton of dudes. I, uh, I've tried to have the argument with my girlfriend before. Like, I guarantee you Taylor Swift has had a venereal disease. And oh, no, God. she doesn't. I'm no, telling she you, never has. Oh, I'm telling you right now, Taylor Swift has one of those that you can't get rid of. Like, she's got, like, the super gonorrhea. I guarantee it. I, for the amount of dudes that she has banged in the celebrity circle, I can't believe not one of those dudes didn't set up, like, a spy cam and there's not a Taylor Swift sexy. I can't believe that. Because I know John Mayer was pretty open about it for a while. And, dude, apparently there's not a lot of things on Taylor Swift's no list when it comes to, like, hey, our clothes are off. Let's have some fun. Apparently there's not a lot of no's in Taylor Swift's uh, vocabulary there. Was that the end of the song? Thank God. Thank God. Give me the vote there. Make it official for me. It's a turd. Not a very, not a very good song. I don't think there was anything redeeming about that. It was a turd. Yeah, I think if you take this is how I'm going to judge it. If you take the start, I think it'll get radio play because of who it's be by Zane featuring Taylor Swift. That will get it on the radio. If you took the star power away from it and just listened to it on on its own, that is a terrible, terrible song. I have to vote turd on that as well. It's a turd. And we'll get into the George Strait next on the Sandsbury Show. Tuesday. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9, in the middle of New Church Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park there. Already played you the new Zane featuring Taylor Swift, I Don't Want to Live Forever. Woof. You don't ever want to hear that song again. Woof. Wow, was that bad. Woof. From two Taylor Swift fans. Dude, 1989 is in my CD player in my car right now. So good. That girl's so good. Time now for the country song of the week. This is new George Strait. Kicked out of country. I was going to be kicked the dust up. One time now, put your dipper in. Come on. Now, I want to remind you all that this is the guy that you're all like, man, we need to get back to the country roots. We need to get back to the roots of it. And I keep pointing people to this. Oh, yeah? Like two years ago when this guy released the I Got a Car song that was the most broke country song I've ever heard in my life. Bragging. Don't worry, sweetheart. I own a car. I own a car. From the, from the greatest country singer of all time, by the way, while you're ripping Jason Aldean to shreds, I got a car from George Strait. This is his new one, Kicked Out of Country. Put a damper in. Just got the news today. The record I sent them, they threw it away. Okay, we'll stop right there. I just got the news today. The record I sent them, they threw it away. And again, this is what I always 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 say about this musical format country music what you like about this dude is his voice it's not the songwriting the songs aren't any different they've never been any different then why is he saying they are because i think that there's money in that now like you see tim mcgraw do that too and one of tim mcgraw songs he's like i'm a little bit more hank williams than than that pop crap or whatever he says dude you're the guy that did that they all say that now. It's like saying Obama. It's like that. It's because there's money in it. There's there's money in it. Don't fit the format. Don't make the list. They say I'm too old. Won't even be missed. That's crap. Nobody tells George Strait he's not going to be missed. Nobody. They all say that. Every single one of those bro country douchebags always talks about how George Strait's singing them in the moonlight and George Strait's going to give us another rewind or whatever the hell it is they're always talking about. How much of the audience do you think actually knows that? 
people who listen to 99.7 Canton's New Country, how many of those people understand those references? Or is, Do you it, think like they family, go back? or is it like Family Guy where you just see something and you're like, oh, okay, I didn't get that. I'm moving on. Because I totally think that's what happens with a lot of those references. Oh, I bet most people you're probably right. I think more interested people, like you and I would go and be like, all right, well, let me hear this. If this is the guy, then let me go listen to this. And I, maybe I assume everybody will do that, and most people probably won't. You might be right about that. Won't even be missed. It happened to Jones and even the hag. Waylon and Willie. And the great Johnny Cash. No, it didn't. Those dudes sold out shows until they died. You know, I know. I saw Merle Haggard. I saw him in Oregon at a casino, and there were people waiting around the building to get in. Yeah, but it's not the same as it is in the world of rock, where, like, you know, Aerosmith still gets played on the radio. Merle Haggard doesn't. Okay, you could make the argument that there needs to be more classic country radio stations. I would give you that. I, I can meet you there. The reason there's not is because it's no longer a, a a profitable thing for Clear Channel to do. You know what I mean? Our company doesn't do it because you don't make money off. Yeah, if they were gonna make, if there's money to be made, they'd be doing it. Come yeah. right out without even a word, but that ain't the end of the story I heard. Cause cash stopped out the footlights. And they wrote what they sang. How do we know that? How do we know that? Really? Do we know that? Or was it just the before the information age, so we just assumed everything an artist was telling us on a record was true? Right? Isn't that really what it is? Isn't that like saying that every rapper is really doing what NWA was really doing what they were telling everybody that they were? I would say in that, like, obviously, you know, uh, Johnny Cash wasn't the first generation of country, but like, I would say there was a little bit more validity to that. That NWA, I believe a little bit more than I believe, you know, Fetty Wap uh, of like who actually was out there shooting people, who was actually out there dealing drugs, who was actually out there on a farm. I'm going to believe, you know, Merle Haggard over, I'm going to believe Jason Aldean. You don't think Jason Aldean sits in bars and drinks whiskey and, and Miller Lite till he passes out like Johnny Cash did? I don't know, dude. I think well, those guys drink on tour and uh, do all that stuff that those guys not did. Not just drinking. I'm saying live that actual country lifestyle where like these guys necessarily didn't. Just because Willie oh, Nelson okay, was, ex- was extremely popular in his day, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that these guys were Jason Aldean, I know, isn't living a country lifestyle right now where I totally think that, you know, Johnny Cash See, continued to... Uh, I think a lot of these guys really do, though. They Take Luke Bryan, that, right? That's a guy everybody hates. Everybody hates Luke Bryan because, oh my God, he's so cheesy. It's pop crap. It's pop crap. Even though the songs are exactly the same, but whatever. And but he grew up on a peanut farm. His dad's a farmer. His dad still owns the farm. They're still out there. He's post pictures all the time on Instagram of him and his jacked up truck and all that stuff on daddy's farm and that whole thing. I mean, dude, there's there's plenty of authenticity in this stuff. You just don't want to admit it. And I'm not saying you. I'm saying the collective you out there. You just don't want to admit it because it's like I want to hate on things. and I have Twitter and I'm allowed. That's all it is. And they wrote what they sang and getting kicked out of country. Conway Twitty had songwriters. They didn't all write what they sang. There's been songwriters in music since the beginning of time. This is all BS. Getting kicked out of country. Didn't hurt a thing. As a matter of fact, I think Elvis wrote two of Johnny Cash's biggest songs. And how about some of Johnny's stuff was covers? 
Whatever, though. I just wrote a new song today. Pulled out my old guitar and I started to play. Can police officer Lamar Sharp says, I believe everything Rick James said in his <laughs> All right, Lamar, I might be with you on that one. I, I believe Rick James probably did do everything he yeah, said. She is a very freaky girl. She is. You don't <laughs> take her home to mom. Learn that one the hard way. The feelings a country song brings. I did some Jones and one for the I mean, dude, you can talk about classic country all you want, but this is a snooze fest. And the great Johnny K. I guess the thing with this is like, this is George Strait kind of like name dropping these dudes. And these guys are essentially peers to him. Like George Strait isn't, you know, he is the king of country. Or I mean, he's of, considered to be, I think, uh, be even bigger than most of those guys. At the end of the day, he's on the Mount Rushmore of country. So like, uh, it just feels a little bit like, I don't know, like, why are you shouting out your peers? This like, feels like what Jamie Johnson should be doing. Like, right, I believe right, in real country. Right. I believe in this. Why? This is the record I'm going to write because I don't like my peers now. I like it the way before well, you're right why is there an old dude doing this? eric church very much could have done right this. it right. just feels very get off my lawn from george Strait. they all got kicked out of country back then and then one day country came calling again and cast out the footlights He hasn't even said anything about the red dirt roads. Nope. Hasn't put a dimmer in yet. No moonlight. He doesn't have to get himself any of that. Kick the dust. Oh, there it is. He got it. He got it. Finally, finally made it there. It just, you know what it does? It does remind me of a song. Um, my buddy is in a, and it was in a really great country band. They were called the Not So Good Old Boys, and they were really, really good. And my buddy Rodney was in that band. He wrote all the songs for him, mostly. Uh, I don't know about all, but mostly. And uh, he actually wrote in the liner jacket of their first album. He said, all songs lived and written by Ro- by Rodney Rose. And that's if you know him, that's totally true. And he had one of these new newer Nashville songs about going down to Nashville. Oh, it was called, it was called F.U. Nashville. And, uh, and it, the whole thing is I'll be a you know I'll be a country rock star but you know I'm on my own and it was actually a better song than that George Strait song there. My buddy Rodney's gonna be so happy really I said that. Matter, Cause I ain't gonna change. So getting kicked out of country won't hurt a thing. Gotta kick the dust off, dude. Yeah, maybe you should. Because guess what? It makes better records. Ah, dude, I don't know. This George Strait probably doesn't need you. <laughs> you know what I mean? hundred million plus. Slow oh, I yeah. I'm sure he's got the money. I'm sure he's good. I'm sure. But like. Guy's doing his thing. Yeah. He's just getting off my lawn in it now. And, uh, and uh, like I said, there's money in that. There's there's money in the make America great again. Give me back what I remember from my childhood. There's money in that. We got a president because of it. There's totally an angle there. Uh, we have one more song for you. It's OTEP covering Lord. And we'll do it next on Rock 106.9. Tuesday.
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9 and ending uh, New Church Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino. We played you the new Zane featuring Taylor Swift, I Don't Want to Live Forever. We both voted that a turn. <laughs> then we played the new George Strait, Kicked Out of Country. We both voted that a turn. And I just tweeted this out, but I should tell all of you, uh, uh, you know, over the radio as well. Next Tuesday at 9 o'clock, we're going to get you entered as much as people want to bitch about country music, right? I found a country artist that is going to make everybody want to pull their hair out. Fantone's going to hate it. And it was one of the, dude, I heard it and I was like, oh my God, this is trash. And then the next thing I know, I went, I, I kept listening, kept listening, kept listening. And I have found like three songs that I don't hate. And it's, there's this whole underlying uh, thing in country music now where there's country like hip hop now, like full blown country hip hop, not Florida George Line. I'm talking, there are country rappers talking about dropping lines trying to catch bass. It's th- some of the craziest things you've ever heard. You can blame Colt Ford for that. But there's a, there's a group out of Kentucky called Twangin' Round. Twangin' Round. And <laughs> we will play you some Twangin' Round next Tuesday for New Turd Tuesday. If you want to skip ahead of the class, you can do so on any of the streaming services. They're a fun listen. They're kind of, I, I told Fantone during the break, Twang and Round are good the way Kid Rock is good, which is not at all. But if you're just sitting around drinking and it's party music, and next thing you know, you're bobbing your head to it. Our final song of this week's episode, however, is uh, from a band called Otep, and they're actually covering a song that you already know, made famous by uh, Lord. The song Royals, that was all over the radio for about two years straight. And here's Otep's version. I love covers. I love when bands do covers. I love it. I like Otep and I like Lord too, so high expectations here. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies. And I'm not proud. But every song's like gold teeth, gray goose, chipping in the bathroom, blood stains, ball gowns, trash in the hotel room. We don't care. We're driving Cadillacs in our dreams, but everybody's like crystal made back diamonds on your timepiece, jet planes, islands, tigers on a gold leash. We don't care. We aren't caught up in your love affair. Otep covering Lord. Something badass about chicks that can go like that, right? I mean, uh, chicks that can scream like that, like oh, I, I thought you meant lesbian. No, 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 no. Dude, well, really? I mean, I mean you know, yeah, but yes. but but chicks that have that in them, I, they, it just is. It's always something. I think it's cool when a guy can do it, but like that chick, the chick from Kitty, like all those, oh, all Kitty's those chicks so that can good. like. It's just, it is. It's cool. Yeah. All right. No, yeah, I give you that. My friends and. Where did Lord ever go off to? You know, that's a that's a good question. Like 2013, I mean, she dominated, and then it was just like, yeah, she had like two big songs that year, right? Huge songs, dude. They, I would say more than two, dude. I, this, um, I can't remember the other one's name. Team was really big. Yeah, I remember that now. 
I'll tell you my problem with Otep's version of the song. Is that there's a group of these, there's these CDs or these albums, and, and I'm sure some of you have heard of this stuff. They've been out forever now, long time now. But it's like punk goes. And it's like all these new, like, you know, if you want to call them punk bands, even yeah, though they're, they're not. so not they're punk not. bands at all. Uh, the punk bands I grew up with would actually beat all these dudes up, but I digress. But there's like these punk goes albums. And there's a, and I forget the name of the band that did it, but on one of those punk goes, like one of these newer bands did Royals, and it was way better than this. sound like that when she has sex does she ever pull that out on her boyfriend <laughs> boyfriend that's funny i uh i'll be honest dude i don't really like her really no i now it's a personal thing it's not necessarily their music she again i don't want to get too far into it because uh, you know you're really not supposed to you know talk about this kind of stuff when you work at a venue and what bands are like to deal with and riders and all that stuff it's like an unspoken rule in the business you just don't do it but she is an entitled Pain in the penis to deal with. She is, dude, the, the stuff that Otep makes you do to get ready for them to come play is outside the bounds of what Otep's popularity is. Yeah, I mean, they're not that big. They're really not. And I, I every time I've seen them live, it's just been a huge, like, amount of production that goes into it and it's a big stage show and I can definitely see there being a lot of divaness. Oh, she's got penis envy, dude. You can see it from the moment she rolls into town. I find her to be one of the most annoying human beings on the face of the planet. I'm sure Lena Dunham's going to sue me now. Somebody just tweeted in and told me they never heard Lord's version of Royals. Yeah, you did. Dude, were you not listening to the radio for three years? I mean, South Park did a whole season on Lord. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. Randy or uh, Randy Marsh, Stan's dad was Lord, and it was a whole thing. It was it was huge. Into I mean, 2013 or 12, 13, I bet. I think 13. I think you're right about that. Wow. Yeah, that song was huge. It was ever. I've never seen a diamond. There's Lord right there. Yeah, you have. You've heard this song. Yeah, I mean, it was in TV shows. It was in commercial. I mean, that song was everywhere. Yeah, you have. I think the Lord version is better than Otep's version. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like I said, I think there's on one of those Punk Goes albums, There's I forget the name of the band that did it, but they covered Royals, and it was way better than Otep's version. Way better. Not even close. I, uh, I Like I said at the beginning of this, I really, really did like that Lord album. I need to go back and listen to it. I don't really, I'm unfamiliar with the album tracks. Go, uh, go, it's, wor- it's worth the listen, it is. Okay. I, it, was, it was arguably my favorite album of that year. Really? And it, it, it just, there's so many good, like, even if you don't like her voice, like from a beats perspective, I was always like, dude, why isn't there a rapper that just came in and did all these songs? The song was huge. Yeah, it's a pretty big song. 
Well, give me the vote on the OTEP uh, version of it, though. I'm going to go with eh, it's mm. half a turn. I like OTEP. I like that song. I, I didn't hate it, but there was something that was just kind of like, eh, it felt very half-assed to me. I want to call it a turd, but again, that's me just bringing my personal interactions with her into it. I don't want to do that. I want to be fair to it. So I'm going to go and I'm going to side with you. I'm going to call it half a turd. Eh, it's mm. half a turd. Um, it wasn't the best uh, cover I've ever heard. wasn't the worst uh, uh, you know, either there, so it's half a turd. That's New Tour Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. We will have another pair of WWE tickets for you. You will get those uh, tomorrow morning. Aside from that, we are done for the day. First day uh, of 2017 in the books and done. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great afternoon. See ya.